Welcome to Otaku Brothers, your friendly neighborhood gaming podcast featuring Rusty, R.E. Lewis 2011, and Ryan. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 69 of Otaku Brothers. My name is Rusty, ringing in the new year with the first episode of the show in 2020. Ryan, how you doing, man? I'm doing great. Yeah, it's... uh. It's the first Saturday of the new year. Is it really? Right, I think. It's the 11th. I don't know if it's the first Saturday. Is it the 11th? No, the 4th, man. Get your calendars straight. The 4th was the first uh, Saturday of the new Dude, year. to be honest, I thought it was the 6th. So. Well, then it would be Monday week, and we'd be late for work, Ryan. This week has flown by, apparently, because I was thinking it was a week behind. It really has. So, you went back to work on Thursday of last week, right? No, I went to jury duty oh, that's last right. Thursday, and then I went in Friday morning because we we had that Monday through Wednesday off jury duty, and then I was like, okay, I'll go in and just read some emails, do a do no harm, no meetings or anything. I went in for a half day expecting to do the entire day, and I had like three meetings just randomly pop up, and I was like, you know what? I can come back next week and deal with this shit later. That's right, because I was playing Nino Kuni on the PS4, and I saw you get online at like 12.30, and I'm like, yeah, he definitely took a half day. Yeah, I took a half day, got some Chipotle, and relaxed a bit. Nothing wrong with that. Yeah, so it was a good time. Um, how has your New Year's been, or like your first couple weeks, apparently? It's been pretty good. I don't know how much we would have covered on the past episode, the Favorite Games of the Year episode, but... The break was really relaxing for me. I think I did briefly touch on Lauren having viral uh, bronchitis yes. for like a week and a half, two weeks. So she was pretty out of commission, which kind of worked in my favor because then I was able to sit in the living room as she was quarantined, play a lot of video games, watch a ton of movies. I actually ended up finishing three games. I don't really know where I was at again in the last episode, but I finished three games since our prior episode um, just because of all that downtime. Yeah, I mean, the less you have to talk to Lauren... The, the better. more you can focus. Exactly. We still have to finish Halo. We, we should do. probably do a level tomorrow. Okay. Yeah, okay. Sunday's going to be pretty chill for me. Um, but yeah, no, it's been really nice to just kind of relax, play games. Going back to work was probably not as stressful as it was for you. No. I had 80 emails and like 75 of them were just like generic like spam type crap. So I didn't have to okay. worry about addressing those. Uh, and then I had three work days, which was Monday through Wednesday, which was basically just catching up on email and stuff, yeah. sending a few follow-up stuff that um, I got emails about while I was out. But other than that, Thursday, Friday, I actually had an all-day like auditors in charge training, which you kind of dread going into those trainings because you think it's going to be like you're sitting in rows of seats like it's a college classroom. Someone's going to point to a PowerPoint with a long stick and just talk for like 16 hours, and it's going to be boring as hell. Was it that? It was not that at all. We were actually in like a conference room, like a giant conference room that fits like 16 people. Okay. And this guy named Danny Goldberg, look him up on Twitter, Danny M. Goldberg. He has the face of an aged Dave Grohl. Okay. But his mannerisms and his egg-shaped head, <laughs> he's basically rock, Dwayne the Rock Johnson. Really? He was one of the most engaging facilitators and instructors I've had in a training as long as I can remember. Because the training is only as good as the instructor. Yeah. Like, you could have an instructor talking about paint drying. Bob Ross, for example. And he makes it actually entertaining. Yeah, happy little mistakes. That's right. And this guy just controlled the room. When I sat down Thursday morning, it was this guy. Again, he looked like Dwayne The Rock Johnson with his goatee, his bald head. And he's sitting there like giant shoulders. And I'm like, this is going to be absolutely miserable. 
And then two hours in felt like 30 minutes. After the day was over, it felt like like a three or four hour training. Wow. So it was really good. It was a lot about like emotional intelligence, going into meetings when you have plenty of experience like this where it's going south fast, the person across the table loses their shit, and you have to kind of reel it in. Yeah. Like what you do in those types of situations. Okay. Very practical stuff. I mean- Just I'm, raise your voice. <laughs> yeah. So like I'm an auditor, um, but like I think the the practical advice that he was giving us could have- translated to pretty much any job or yeah, profession. Yeah, those that you're are important in. skills for, I mean, even relationships and things. Yeah, and so what it was kind of geared towards or intended towards was like seniors, if you will. So like in a senior role, not like seniors, like, like elderly elderly people, but like for my profession, like a senior is like the equivalent of kind of like the middle of the ground. You're not a manager yet, mm-hmm. but you also have staff under you that you have to manage. Okay. So kind of how you manage that upward downward role of managing your managers above you but also the staff below you that you have to assist or help or yeah so it was just mentor. very practical very helpful uh again very engaging it was a really good time i'm glad i actually spent 16 hours doing that than being in the office i was actually in a similar meeting ours was just an hour actually lauren was there too it was like 20 of us so we do this thing called like a g-con okay where it's we have like a company's upper management like vice presidents, director, CEO, and then potentially if they're a Japan company, their Japan co- like CEO and VPs fly in as well. And okay. we go through the financials of the company and their stability and kind of everything. So we are going through like balance sheets and everything. And I was like, dude, I specifically went into supply chain to avoid this shit. Yeah. It was more managerial accounting than I anything. love man. Cost accounting is seriously the bee's knees. But it was taking the approach from like a finance perspective, okay. so it was less fun. I did, I did really well in managerial accounting because it's supply chain. One, it allows you to do a bunch of different things. Not to promote that major, but it's it's a good one. Yeah. Um, but most of it's just if you have logic and common sense, most of it's pretty easy, mm-hmm. and that's kind of what managerial was like. Yeah. If you subtract your total revenue and then your expenses you get your current net revenue yeah and then you do taxes and all that jazz on it to get net total profit like it makes sense if you do it yeah no i was always a big fan of cost accounting manage uh managerial uh they're synonymous with one another it was the financial stuff that i just really couldn't get into yeah um but i became an auditor and i don't really have to deal with that stuff because i'm on the it space yeah but anyways that was a good time and then um yeah, other than that, like I watched a lot on Disney Plus, finished The Mandalorian, watched a little bit of The Clone Wars. Do we want to talk of Mandalorian? I don't know. I think we almost need to dedicate like a specific pocket of an episode to that. Okay. Maybe um It was really good. You should watch it. Yeah, absolutely. No gripes about that show. It's fantastic television. The ending sets up for the second season really well. And they're already in production, yeah. which is amazing. We're gonna get that in the fall. We also, I think February seventeenth. Could be wrong on the date. I know it's mid February. The Clone Wars Season 7 is coming back. Okay. That's More, the one that was canceled or never aired? Never aired. I think they kind of actually already had all of the... It was finished. you read the synopsis of it, right? Maybe back when I finished oh, Season maybe. 6. Okay. Um, I wanted to go through it, but I forgot how much there actually is with Clone Wars. I know. It's I'm like, on Episode 7, and I was like... They said something about R2-D2 and go to a base, and I was like, oh my gosh, I'm just going to watch something else it's yeah and that's kind of where i was at like i'd be up late at night lauren would go to bed and i'd be all right let's start clone wars and i'd see six seasons 22 episodes a season i'm just like 
let's just watch the Emperor's New Groove and go to bed. Right. Call it, call it a day. <laughs> like, I was hopping around. I had no idea what I wanted to watch last night. I mean, my go-to is generally the Blue People Avatar. Yeah. Because it's, a good it's just background. a good background. Um, Mine's probably Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone. That was my other one that I was, I was going to open up the DVDs and start that. But then I'm like, then I have to watch all of them like this weekend. So because yeah. you get into the groove. Um, so I ended up starting Clone Wars, got through like 15 minutes. I was like, this is a commitment to my life. Yeah. And then I went to The Incredibles. And The Incredibles 1 is so much better than Incredibles 2. Yeah. Like, it makes Incredibles 2 look bad. Like, really. I'd have to lower my score of Incredibles 2 after watching 1. See, I need to go back because I watched the second and absolutely loved it. It was one of those things that I was just like, Pixar, what are you doing? Why has it been so long since we've... Like, they made three Cars movies before they made a second Incredibles movie, which was frustrating for me because me personally, Party of One here, I just wasn't a big fan of the Cars movies. But Incredibles, I loved growing up. Mm-hmm. Loved the PlayStation 2 game and the GameCube, whatever. And Lauren and I, when we were in Amish country about two weeks ago, day after Christmas, we left, which, I don't again, I don't think I covered that in the last episode. We went to Amish country with the intention of hitting around a bunch of shops, getting some cheese, good food, great coffee, baked goods, all that good stuff. And we got there the first day, like around 2 o'clock, because we couldn't check into our B&B until 4. Okay. We hit up like two shops... Saw some old, oh, the old, there's like an antique mall. So it's basically a giant like thrift store. Yeah. We went in there, saw some neat stuff, and then booked it back to the B&B. And like I hadn't realized like how busy Lauren and I have been over the past year. Like just go, go, go. Yeah. To the point like especially after getting Scooby, we can't sit down and watch like a two-hour movie with it being interrupted like three times because of Scooby. And so we dropped off Scooby at your parents' house went to Amish country, they had like this little 20 inch TV with Netflix, I booted it up, and then I was, you know, we were thinking like, oh, what do you wanna watch? And we saw that you, season two, like literally Y-O-U, mm-hmm. that's the name of the television show, it's a Netflix. It, what Jen and uh, Hallie, my coworkers, are watching that, and they said, the reason it's named that is to be like, oh, what are you watching, you? Which, the name, Which yeah. Which kinda cool. Yeah, it's very, very creepy, it's about this guy, who just is infatuated with different females that he ends up meeting. And I'm not going to give you any more details other than that, but it's one of the most uncomfortable shows that you just cannot stop watching. And so Lauren and I binge all of season one last year. We found out that season two was on Netflix now, and yeah. Netflix originals, they always release all the episodes at once. So Lauren and I started episode one, didn't finish until one o'clock in the morning. We binged the whole thing. In one sitting. One sitting. Holy crap. We took a bathroom break, like maybe episode five or six. <laughs> yeah. We didn't drink water. We were extremely dehydrated. We were eating we beef jerky once. to make sure that like, you know, we weren't. <laughs> I ate a can of salt. <laughs> yeah. So we binged the whole thing, all 10 episodes. In the subsequent days, like we kind of bounced around to a few different places. Um, but Lauren at this point was still kind of under the weather. So we kind of just did puzzles, stayed in, watched Netflix. Yeah, you and came back for the game, right? For the Ohio State game, yeah. but yeah, that, that was just all we kind of needed. So it was a nice kind of like break from reality, if you will. Like we love Scooby to death, but he's more of a handful than we realize day to day. Yeah. So he's worth it, but it, it, it's a lot. When you're like removed from the situation, you realize like, wow, that's that's a lot of my time. Yeah, no kidding. So how are your New Year's resolutions? Because it's week two. Gosh, what the heck were they? Um, <laughs> That's a good sign. <laughs> I wanted to play less games. I've beaten three games in seven days. So, um, what an all-star Failing I am. that one. 
It's like the second week of the gym. Like, everyone's fallen off. Yeah. You've gone back to your routine of beating all the games. I'm ordering DoorDash less. I'm eating better. You're eating books? Yeah. No, so I I took Ahsoka, the... um, Graphic novel? It's it's a novel that was written a couple years ago, and it's about the events of Ahsoka leaving the Jedi Order, just as Anakin becomes Vader and the Empire takes over the galaxy. And so it's kind of her changing her name, going to this kind of remote desert planet where the Empire hasn't found yet, and just kind of starting a new life for herself. What's her new name? You asked me too fast. I want to say Amara, but that's the name that Hagrid. Michael B. Jordan gave his daughter in Creed Two. Yeah, I was going to say, that sounds really familiar. <laughs> but it's it's something along those lines. Like, it starts with an A, but it's just not Ahsoka. Mm-hmm. Um, and so she's a really great mechanic, so all of the townspeople have kind of taken notice of that and bring all of their broken ships and parts and things like that to her so she can kind of uh fix those nice but later in the book it sounds like the empire is going to end up finding this planet and asking for her to do repairs yeah remains to be seen what's going to happen there but it's it's a very um easy read like it's almost like if you ever read the series of unfortunate events books growing up the text the spacing between lines is very is rather significant and the the text itself is rather large so it it just like if you need to make up lines in like a college essay, you just make the spacing 1.25 instead exactly. of 1. Professors will never make know. Make large periods instead of small ones. Yeah. No, it's it's a quick read. It's a great read. I'm enjoying it. I'm about 100 pages in. It's about 350 pages. I'd like to finish this in the next month or so. I mean, if I wanted to, I could sit down and knock it out in a couple hours. Like, it's super quick read. Yeah. I was actually, when I went to jury duty, I brought my... I forget the name of it. It's like the data, like hmm. through vi- basically talking about the visualization of data and how like you perceive or people perceive data and like how to arrange it in a way that actually makes a bad story seem better based off of scaling of graphs and things. Yeah, equally as equally thrilling. riveting as Ahsoka. But I didn't get to do that because I got prepared and I drove to. I guess the courthouse and I went upstairs and I was like, Hey, I'm here like 15 minutes early. I was prepared, dressed up, got my slacks on, nice, got my new dress shoes on. Looking fresh. I was. And they're like, yeah, your name's in alphabetical order. Just sign in then go prepare to be jured. And, um, I saw, I was looking at the C's, didn't see my name and they're like, Oh, what's your name? So I said my name and they're like, it should be there in alphabetical. I'm like, I understand what my name is, thanks. It's not Jerry Conlith. <laughs> and um, she's like, oh, you might have this other judge. And I was like, okay, cool. Where's his sign-in sheet? She's like, oh, he didn't have anything today. I was like, what? And she's like, oh, yeah, you can go home. And I was like, she's like, you didn't get a letter? And I was like, no, I didn't get a letter. And she's like, oh, yeah, that's because I never sent them out. I was like, your core job. That the st- me through taxes technically pays for yeah. is for you to send me letters so I don't do a two-hour round trip and waste my, like, morning. I could have gone into work and actually worked. Yeah. Um, she's like, oh, yeah, just call this number next time. I was like, cool, thanks. So I ended up Chipotle-ing out of rage. It was like a hurtful Chipotle Like ride. extra hot sauce. You wanted to feel yeah, the pain the next morning. Hurt. Yeah. And um, then I played games the rest of the day. So it was a good, t- it was a good But, time. I mean, you were summoned. I was, and I went in there and did my 
I guess, right, not right, my obligation. Yeah. But they just didn't do their job. Um, yeah, so hopefully next time I get on a murder trial. Absolutely. I, I would, I've been to a murder trial before when I was um, shadowing to become a lawyer. It was interesting. It was terrifying. Wait, that was a thing? You wanted to become a lawyer? Yeah. I, I was looking at law. I mean, basically what I do now is like lawyering my way through conversations. It's just another whether you know the code or not. Um, actually, I'm in a legal fight right now at work. Nice. You want to talk about it? No, I can't. Talk I don't either. About it. Um, <laughs> so I wanted to be an ER doctor. Lost that uh, infatuation pretty quick. But yeah. Um, I'm actually doing pretty well on my uh, New Year's resolution. So my goal is, so I'm I'm going on a trip to visit my college roommate who moved down to Florida in April. Okay, like mid-April, <clears throat> and my goal by then is to lose thirty pounds. That's a lot of weight, and it's doable in three months. It's technically like a pound every three days, ish. Is that healthy? Like, are you eating? Yeah, I'm eating 2,700 calories. My BMR is 2,300. So I'm technically in a uh, surplus of 400 calories. Okay, so we're trying to lose weight though. Yeah, so what I'm doing is I have two rest days. Before I never rested. Yeah, that's, that's crazy. Well, it's just because the reason I never did or didn't as much as I should have is because I get... I have a lot of energy and I get jittery and I just have to get it out. Oh, I hear it. Like, yeah. I'm stressed. So my outlet to get rid of that is to expend my energy and that's generally through like lifting or running and stuff. So what I'm doing now is in the morning. Like, you could just watch Schindler's List like three nights a week and that'd be emotionally exhausting enough for you to just not work out. Or just get on Discord. Either or. Whoa. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> so... um yeah, I am like midway through my morning, like at nine o'clock. I have, I keep my variables. I'm doing fasted. Okay. Because I personally hate breakfast. And generally, I don't like breakfast food. Um, you could still whip up some spaghetti and meatballs at eight o'clock in the morning. If yeah, you to. but it's hard to run or swim on spaghetti and meatballs. Yeah. yeah, yeah or lasagna. Yeah, red sauce coming up quick. Ugh. So I, I personally, I like fasted. I don't have, to, it gives Makes me get out of the door quicker too. Okay. Um, so I do three water bottles in the morning with like a little, like four or five ounces of coffee. So all the variables and like my variable weight is always the same between days. Mm-hmm. And basically, I'm going to do, I have graphs of like my Monday weights. Yeah. And I'm trying to weigh in each like week. So I did um, three things are running. Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and then two times of swimming, Tuesday, Thursday. Nice. With my end, and then I'd worked out in the afternoon. So I get the cardio, which I personally don't see as working out, but I'm trying to train to uh, do a 5K with Dylan. Nice. Yeah, so the main, I guess, problem is my knees. I hear that. My knees are broken. You can definitely relate. Um, It's mainly from lifting, being hard on it. And then carrying excess weight. Mm-hmm. So what I'm doing is running is really hard on your knees. So I'm countering that the next day and swimming, which is like really low impact on your joints. So I'm hoping by the time or my schedule, 
by the time I go down there in April, I can run four miles, is what the current graph shows. Nice. I think that's reasonable to expect. And then I'm in the background, just as a a fun kind of thing to do, I'm training to become a, a Navy SEAL. Or at least take the tests, like have competitive times. See, for I always, uh, Laura and I talked about this, and I just said, like, the Coles, like, have this extremist personality where it's like, you do, you go from, like, and this is, like, hypothetically speaking, like, sedentary to nothing to, like, yo, so, um, six months, I'm gonna train to be a Navy SEAL. Like, I'm planning on, like, enlisting in the military because yeah, I think it's cool and stuff. the buds. Like, your mom, not working. Then she's, like, working, like, 60 hours a week and texting us and blowing up her, our phones about how she's, like, exhausted and incompetent people in the workplace. I'm like, what is happening? And then Lauren's like, yeah, so my job is really stressful. I don't sleep many nights. Uh, bags under my eyes. Life sucks. I'm going to start a master's in January. <laughs> what the fuck is happening right now? Like, I, I, I can't talk you guys off the ledge. Like, you're just crazy. Yeah, we enjoy pain. Um, yeah, but I also quit drinking, which is going to, I think, what I was reading was like four to eight pounds a month in excess calories. Oh, at least. So from Monday to today, I'm down seven pounds. <laughs> well, I had but, a buddy that um, he was a sociopath, but at my previous job, cool. he um, he started the keto diet okay, and he's like a so huge fun. wino. So like he didn't drink wine for, and this is before he started keto. This was more like him prepping to go towards that. Yeah. You cannot keto with wine. Yeah. Well, it's like straight sugar and carbs. So. Yeah. He went oh, like two weeks, maybe it was just a week or 10, maybe it was 10 days, no wine, lost 10 pounds. Yeah. Now, Grant, a lot of that's water weight, certain fluctuations. That's not like true you lost 10 pounds of mass, but... Yeah, no, it's, it's you can lose weight quick depending on where you are. Like mm-hmm. I have 60 pounds that in the end I want to lose. Okay. Um, and that's doable. That'll probably be by the end of the year. Like by next December, I'll have that off. Okay. Um, which is more reasonable, but 30 pounds, I've dropped that in three months before, I think late last year, um, or wow, two years ago, like November of the previous year. Okay. So it's weird thinking 2020. So by June, I'm planning on dropping 65 pounds. (laughs) (laughs) I want to be negative weight. (laughs) That's the goal here. My atoms will be a negative charge by the end of this. That is the hope, yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, I'm on track with that. Um, it's going well. I actually have more energy now that I'm, like, running and doing... Because I actually really like cardio. I like the pain of not being able to breathe and feel like my heart's going to stop. Yeah, me too. Well, I think <laughs> part of that, though, is, is for, as far as it relates to energy, is, one, drinking. That'll exhaust you. And then, two, um, resting. Like, when I was in college, I would destroy my body like I went to the gym with the purpose of breaking my body down so much because theoretically speaking that's what you gotta do you gotta do that and then overnight over the course of the next few days those muscles taking the nutrients that you're you're feeding it yeah. and then build back up well I would protein synthesis I would beat my body down so much seven days a week I'd go in the gym for two and a half hours every day and then I would start seeing decreases in my PRs I'm like, I'm benching less than I usually do. My bicep curl is decreasing. And so that, I was so delusional at the time. I wasn't thinking straight. I'd be like, no, this is stupid. I'm able to do this. And I'd push my body and try and train my brain to keep doing it. Mm -hmm. And that's why my knees are screwed up. My shoulders effed. 
and yeah. my, my wrist is screwed. Like I have so many body parts now and joints of mine that are screwed up because I didn't allow my body and listen to my body, yeah. rest, allow my body to rejuvenate itself. And to your point, now I have more energy to do things. It's like, wow, it's now like I'm it's rocket time. science or something, you know? <laughs> Rest, allow your body to recharge, and then hit the gym again. Yeah, it's really hard. I'm like, I'm trying to figure out a good, like, two days to do it. So I was thinking Wednesday, midway through the week, Mm -hmm. because I've done two cardios, like, high intensity, low intensity, I guess, high impact, low impact, rest, midway through the week, and that can be the... Uh, day that I do more overtime and work. Well, even if you took another day in the week, you and know, then I was you, thinking Saturday, like the entire day off. Yeah, or, and even if like, like no li- lifting, no. Okay, cardio. so yeah, so a counter to that countermeasure, if you will, like so Saturday, <laughs> you're, you've been hanging out with Lauren too much. Yeah, so Saturday, if you are just getting the jitters and you're freaking yourself out, I need to go to the gym. I need to go do this. I need to do that. Go on YouTube. Type in yoga for beginners. Do they have thirty minute, like twenty stuff. minute yoga stuff? That's not. Hard. Rough. It is, but like you can do very simple stretch techniques that these various instructors have on YouTube, and that'll at least calm your brain down, quiet the noise. Because I've been there to the point where I just have like cabin fever, where it's like I need to get out and expend energy. Yeah. But like channel it in a different way, calm your brain down, and do like a 30 minute yoga practice. I might do that. That's a good idea. Yeah. I also need to figure out when I do abs, and I hate abs. I hate arms and abs, but. Yeah, I, I just do the wheel. Yoga. I don't really. I do the wheel, and then I do um, mountain climbers. Okay. Um, because I made the mistake of call. I made a lot of mistakes in college. Let's just make that abundantly clear. And it was purely related to my personal fitness and health and all that kind of stuff. We have a um, a fire truck passing, so I might be caught up on the mics. But I just would the first, and I kid you not, Ryan, the first thirty to forty-five minutes of my workout was just abs seven days a week you think i hit a plateau and wasn't doing anything to benefit my abs anymore how like you do it once and you're so destroyed how did you do it seven days a week i mean great i was 115 pounds but i had an eight pack because you saw like my freaking rib cage like that was touche i don't see my abs so hopefully i get there yeah but there's a we're not going to get into the specifics of all that craziness, but like it gets to a point where you're yeah. having diminishing returns. Yeah, for sure. And so, like, just if you hit your abs two to three days a week, and it doesn't have to be anything significant, do the ab, do fifty ab roll, do ten sets of five or something like that. Yeah, I need to do something like that. Just activate your core, and there's so many other ways you can activate your core with different exercises. People put so much emphasis on I need to do this thirty minute ab routine. You really don't because if you look at all the different exercises you're doing, you're activating your core. If you're doing and you're keeping proper form. Ab Ripper X. (laughs) Well, you're seriously activating your core in so many different core exercises. Core not to mean your abs, but like you know what I mean. Yeah. There's so many different lifts that you can perform that activate your core. Yeah. So like. Like even deadlifting. You're working your your abdominal muscles not even really knowing you're doing so. Yeah. Yeah. So that's going. We're talking about like abs and shit. Um, we we pod- derailed entirely. We're yeah. 26 minutes in this episode, and we've been talking about physical fitness for the past 10. Yeah, so that's a goal. I I'm excited. It's it's keeping me going. Good man. So I have a goal, and I'm working towards it, and I plan on getting there. We'll Proud see. of you. Thanks, bro. Fist bump. Um. Yeah. So that's kind of where I'm at. Awesome, Ryan. Life. How are other things going with you? That's pretty much all that I've had time to do. I mean, I didn't... Because I'm doing all of that to focus on 
like becoming a human again. Um, I haven't had time to video game this week. That's fine. Because like by the time I get home, I have like an hour or two to... Because I didn't prep chicken this week, I was like prepping chicken every other day. Oh, okay. Um, unfortunately, so I was just watching videos and stuff. Yeah. That's cool. How was your Friday night? My Friday night was interesting. Uh, I got on to Wonder Trading. Be I couldn't like I said before I couldn't figure out what the hell I wanted to watch. I ended up starting The Incredibles because I wanted something actiony, but something not like you don't want like a Mission Impossible. I didn't want like a Logan, like a Michael Bay film. Yeah, something like super intense, uh, or like a John Wick. I'm like that's kind of over the top. I want some plot. Mm-hmm. Not that there isn't plot with killing hundreds of people in John Wick. That's true. And then Discord. I I don't know how it all started. I think you t- you told me to respond to Discord originally, and I started like I read through the Discord and. We just, our approach to Discord, I kind of laid it out there, but kind of an overview is this entire podcast is for us to kind of escape for two to three hours a week. Um, All of our obligations, it's kind of how we approach video games, Lauren or Rusty's not talking to Lauren, (laughs) disregarding his dog, not looking at the news, because a lot of what's going on like i listen to npr and i stopped because it's just stressful yeah and we kind of use this outlet to get away from all of that junk for a temporary or a small amount of time and talk about something that we're incredibly passionate about whether it's it's video games it's anime it's it's film it's it's music it's it's physical fitness and holding one another accountable in our own respects like this is a podcast that Ryan and i my brother-in-law we started because we just love these things. We're passionate about these subject matters. Yeah, and our intent with this is not to silence people, or but our we want to keep it away from politics or social issues or just all of that stuff that has its own outlet and its own space to thrive in, and those discussions have, should be had, and we should challenge one another. But as far as our Discord goes, just relaying down the rules... It's not that place. It's for nerd shit and for us to see where everyone's at. But if anyone would like, we can create a non-Otaku Brothers oriented or associated political thing that this community can discuss those issues. But we don't want to have, I guess, attacks or those kind of challenges in our Discord. We just want to talk about nerd shit, see where everyone's at. Throw a bunch of memes out there. We're not trying to silence you or deplatform your values or whatever. And it's, I personally care more about how you felt on the Pokemon uh, Direct than your political views because that's what should we see as should be discussed. We what we would prefer to see. Hundred percent. And like for me personally, I did not respond to a lot of the stuff that was going on last night. I don't see my wife a lot. Like Lauren is starting a master's. I joked about it earlier, but like I already didn't see Lauren enough because of her job. And now she's starting a master's. It's kind of like this thing that early on in our marriage, we're kind of like doing a lot of things so that later on we can kind of um, do less things. reap the benefits of that hard work that we're front loading now. And so like last night was like the one night this week and probably for the foreseeable, early, like foreseeable future, we wanted to literally sit down and watch Mulan. 
Like that's all I wanted. And then everything just exploded. I was literally shaking. My body was shaking. I was like getting very anxious. I called Ryan up and wanted to like cancel the discord because of the discussions that were going on. And Ryan made a, a point in the pod or in the, the discord. Um, and I don't know what I'm going to do about all those comments. Ryan and I will talk about that offline. But Ryan made a comment that when he was playing Star Wars Galaxy of Heroes, he saw those types of discussions being had in chats. Which was my life. And he left because it's like, no, I want to play this turn-based RPG about Star Wars. I don't want to have these discussions, these challenging others' perspectives, which in any other instance is perfectly healthy. And Ryan and I applaud people for doing so. Ryan and I do it off air. Ryan and I don't see eye to eye on a lot of things. But like... We're not like challenging those perspectives all the time offline. We have in the past, but we respect one another enough that we are able to look kind of like past those in, in, in some degree. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, I live by the code, don't be an asshole. <laughs> it's, a, it's a strong core for most people to um, live by when it, when it comes to social, political, religious views. R- yeah, Rusty and I differ on things. But at the end of the day, we have the common interest of video games and, like, let's get screwed over on Halo Sunday. And Mm -hmm. that kind of... Those interests are what keeps us bound, along with my sister being your wife. Yeah. And we we tend to look at the... Those positives as the glue opposed to what pulls us apart. Yeah, and so I, I really sincerely hope that as a po- as the Otaku Brothers podcast, our listeners, the community that we've built and continue to build can look to that foundation moving forward and that we can just be the tight-knit community that we hope to build. Again, we're not trying to ostracize any demographic, community, or pocket of people. That's has never been our intentions. If people had interpreted it as such, we, apo- we both apologize. Like, that's not what was our intention was, but... Um, but I think we've, over the, what, 69 episodes now, have made it clear kind of how we operate and how our personalities are, that that shouldn't be the perception of us. I would hope not. Yeah. I really would. I mean, and if if you listen to 69 episodes and what happened last night is the... Re- I, yeah. My goal with that was just to uh, de-escalate everything... And kind of bring it back to what it's meant to be is just a community to enjoy video games and nerd stuff and put all of the obligations and the, yeah, the obligations of life aside for a brief moment to enjoy this hobby. 100%. So, so well said, Ryan. If you please hop on the Discord, I don't want th- what happened last night to be a reason people don't flock to that site because. On an ongoing basis now, I, I mentioned this earlier in the week on the Discord, I'm going to post a polling question every Monday uh, that Ryan and I will discuss the results of on each podcast episode. Previously, I was posting a question every Friday on Instagram, but there was just too many platforms I was responsible for overseeing in terms of the Gmail, the Discord, the Instagram. I wanted it to be like two specific places where our community could, could go to and have their voices heard not only in the Discord, but eventually make its way onto the podcast. So please consider clicking the link in the show notes to the Discord's free application on your uh, your phone or your web browser. Get in there. There's a sub-forum topic for the po- weekly polling question. All you have to do is click on the little straw poll. There's a question with a series of potential answers. And we'd love to have your voice heard. You can expound upon your answer in that little chat. But um, we'd love to have you in the Discord, and we've... 
Ryan and I appreciate all of you so, so much. And we just hope that we can continue to um, have a great podcast further into the new year. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Why don't we move into something just a little bit more lighthearted, Ryan? Oh, yeah. Pokemon Nintendo Direct aired on Thursday of this past week. Yep. I think they we got word of it earlier in the week that it was going to be a Pokemon-specific Direct and not related to any other indie showcase or any of the games on the horizon, including Animal Crossing, New Horizons. Yes. What did you think about this Direct? I am not sure yet. I We saw it once before this. I saw... I've been talking to my coworker about it a bit. Um... I understand where it's coming from. Uh, so I guess the gist of it is there's going to be two DLCs coming, I think, June and fall of next year. Mm-hmm. And this expands both the Pokedex... Of and, this year, 2020. But yeah, this year, we're in 2020. I still think it's 2020. Yep, gotcha. Yeah, of this year, uh, June and fall. And there's like two new regions with new story and new journeys. It... Kind of one of them opens up to the same kind of thing that uh, Mega Ruby did, where you can catch all the old legendary Pokemon. Mm-hmm. And then there's new legendary Pokemon, yeah, new stories, new Pokemon to catch that in that region. Um, and each DLC is 30 bucks. Combination, obviously, two times 30 is 60, and that's the price of like a crystal. Uh, or an emerald version. So mm-hmm. instead of they're basically nixing the third installment in each one of the generations and just adding DLC. So really, like any other game nowadays. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like The Witcher didn't say like, "Hey, buy the third or like installment of The Witcher, like a new Witcher game to get the DLC, play through the entire storyline, and then you can play the DLC." Mm-hmm. Or like even Horizon or. Um, uh, Monster Hunter. Mm-hmm. So it's it's following more of a line like a normal non DLC cadence. Yeah, for video games I mean these Pokemon days. was yeah. kind of an outlier in the spectrum of how DLC is generally done. Mm-hmm. So in that regards, I'm cool with it. Um, we also are gaining access to like around 200 new Pokemon. I think just new Pokemon, not from older generations, along with older generation pokemon mm-hmm. includes the legendaries i think um like the other two starters it, it's going to open up i think in february to pokemon home so you can mm-hmm. get your pokebanks so you'll be able to transport more of your pokemon yeah it's still not the full decks i think it's going to total around like 650 so it's currently 400 and i think 37 ish and then Plus 200. It's around 650. Okay. Um, in total, I think there's like 800 plus Pokemon. Closer yeah. to 900. You're getting... You're moving in the right direction. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm perfectly on board for this. I When I saw this at first, I was kind of like $30 for each. But then when I actually... And I was in this training for both days, so I didn't have a chance to actually catch up on what was going on. I saw snippets on, tr- on Twitter, but I didn't get to actually watch the entirety of the Direct until I got home that evening and I watched it. And they deliberately said, like, historically, we've made a a third game in Crystal, Emerald, Platinum, whatever you want to say for each generation. We're instead giving you two DLCs for the price of 30 each, eventually 60 in totality. I love this because when I was a kid and I had all the time in the world, I was over the moon about picking up an Emerald or a Platinum because 
I got to go through the entirety of the story again, start from scratch with new starters, or with the same starters, but maybe picking a different one than I previously did, mm -hmm. and going through the entirety of the journey again, catching a separate legendary with some little nuances that are different from the other two base games. Yeah. But I don't have all the time in the world again, or no. as I did when I was younger. Now, if I can complete a Pokemon game in 20 to 30 hours, and then pick it up every now and again and go back and complete more of the decks, I'm all for that. And so, if they're going to kind of pace these out to have two separate dlcs to add 10 15 20 additional hours of content over the course of those two things i'm going to be playing pokemon over the course of the whole year with gen like genuinely new content when you went into platinum or emerald you weren't visiting entirely new regions from my recollection you had some new pokemon maybe a new area or trainer or two but it wasn't like no, this is from the ground up, a completely new region of the map that you get to explore and encounter new Pokemon, fight new trainers, get different cosmetic outfits for your character, which for me, it's neither here nor, nor there. I think it's it's nice to be able to outfit your character to your desire, but that's just kind of like icing on the cake, if you will. Yeah. I'm all for this. I think it's a great um, model moving forward for Pokemon and even future Nintendo games. If they do this with Animal Crossing and have a $30 DLC that's basically like doubles the base game, Sure, like a Sims expansion for Animal Crossing, like Animal Crossing Winter World or something like that, and they add this entirely new section of the game. Like, I'm all for this moving forward as a as a model for Nintendo to add that significant amount of content onto the base game. Yeah, no, I completely agree. They're adding uh, apricorns so we can customize the, how we get Pokeballs or different style of Pokeballs. Um, they're adding move tutors and then something with XP. Mm -hmm. Um so yeah I, I like it i understand the changes i'm always going to be irritated not being able to get all the pokemon mm -hmm. um, and that's because you were like the pokey master like you worship arceus like every sunday like that's for being that is here. exactly what i do at nine o'clock every sunday <laughs> i get home from my like cardio with mom and then i get down on a mat and i face the arceus temple five times a day Mm -hmm. And I pray to Arceus. That's right. So, I mean, for he you... He is my lord and savior and died for my sins. <laughs> okay, well, to each their own, Ryan. He has three forms. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, no. He has, like, nine forms, technically, because he can switch all of his typing mm -hmm. based off of the uh, item that he's holding. Yeah, so they're going to be the Pokehead, hardcore Pokemon fans. They're going to be mad and butthurt that we don't have all 3,047 Pokemon. That's a good description. I'm that. totally fine if... If, honestly, we had 400 Pokemon over the course of the base game and the two DLCs, just because, like, and I'll get into it in the games we've been playing recently at the tail end of the episode, um, I'm loving my time with Pokemon and Shield right now. Yeah, because you went back. I went back to it because when I first played it, I just wasn't in the mood for Pokemon. Now that I'm revisiting it, I'm loving it, but I also don't feel pressured to catch each Pokemon in each environment. Because when you're in the larger environments... There's so many at one time coming at you yeah. or that you could potentially catch. It's kind of just overwhelming for me because traditionally you go on a route and you see like three different types and then you move on to the next route. You don't feel obligated to sit around and wait until another Growlithe pops up because you so you can get it. Yeah. So I prefer lesser Pokemon. Less is more for me. But at the same time, they're still catering to, to people like yourself Hey, here's 200 more over the, over the course of two DLCs. Yeah, I don't know how the shiny charm is going to work. Um, so you get the shiny charm for completing the Pokedex, and people currently have shiny charms for doing all 400. Mm -hmm. And I think, well, this gives me motivation to complete the Pokedex and 
prepare. Um, I also like that Wonder Trade. This is probably not good, but Wonder Trade is starting to get in hacked Pokemon. So mm. you get shinies and you get um, like legendaries and stuff. So Rick, my old roommate, got a six IV shiny um, Masudo Ditto for breeding. Okay. <laughs> cool. I don't know what any of that meant. Okay, so Ditto is a blob hooker Pokemon. Okay, I know what Ditto is, but like, <laughs> basically, six IVs is the basically best stat for breeding. Like it, it transfers depending on the IV of the uh, other Pokemon a certain amount of IVs, and it dictates how powerful they become. Okay, in layman's terms. And then being Masudo method is basically it's from a different reason, region. It's from Japan. So if oh. you're breeding with a like a an American your Pokemon and a Japanese Ditto, it's increases the shiny odds. Interesting. So that plus like a shiny charm or whatever. So those are starting to circulate shiny hacked Pokemon. So now with the increase of um, New legendary Pokemons, we'll see those start filtering in, and that's those. That's the best part about Wonder Trading. It's not like getting a new Pokemon; it's like getting a legendary or something, adding it to your collection. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, yeah, I'm excited about that. It looks the regions look beautiful. Mm-hmm. The concept art look great. Um, it should be a good time. The one thing that we noticed was on the new like Brainiac Fairy legendary pokemon there was the triforce very interesting yeah to note yeah and i don't know what that means i don't know i I don't feel like they have this necklace of triforce symbols on this legendary pokemon and that's just coincidence maybe zelda shows up with ganondorf and link or maybe there's just an environment that you have to go to to catch this pokemon that has like ancient nods, relics of like the Zelda series, or maybe you have themes from Breath of the Wild or something like that. Just would, like a subtle, crossover, like subtle nods, I think would be amazing. Yeah, I mean, like Monster Hunter does crossover events with like Devil May Cry, Final Fantasy, yeah, Horizon, like a bunch like of that. different things. I mean, Monster Hunter is like a less serious game than Pokemon in its own contained universe. Mm-hmm. It's basically like whack monsters and get their meat. Yeah, but. Yeah, I'd be cool with it. Like, I think it'd be awesome. Yeah. Why yeah. not? Hundred so, percent. It's a good time. They also talked or teased. Um, was it Pokemon Mystery Dungeon? Yeah. So Pokemon Mystery Dungeon Rescue Team DX. Mm-hmm. So this is a remake of Mystery Dungeon Red and Blue that came out on the Game Boy Advance and DS in 2006. And this is a very bare bones traditional dungeon crawler roguelike RPG where the Pokemon can actually speak it's a roguelike yeah to a certain extent yeah and so you go in these different dungeons as the name would imply and instead of like these turn-based battles where you use these different attacks you still have those attacks but it's kind of like you see these characters animations in the dungeon and you just walk up to them and mash a and kind of like knock your head at them they die you gain experience points you can recruit other pokemon in the game to kind of create your own party but there's no human character puppet string the care you know the different pokemon yeah. in battle the pokemon are the protect main protagonists in the game okay and they're very grind heavy type games 
but it's something I'd consider getting, um, especially like if there's more of a drought season of games in the summer, just to kind of like sit on my couch, mash the A button with Pokemon, because the music in these games, I'd honestly say it rivals if it's not even better than just the original Pokemon games. Yeah, it doesn't look like a ton of interesting games are coming out in the summer. Because I have these in order, what I care about. And it's it seems very spring-heavy and then fall-heavy. Yeah, I mean, summer's typically always a drought for games. But this one, it's tough for me to consider buying this for $60. Well, you can um, try the demo. That's true. And so the yeah, demo transfers over to the base game. Which I love that Nintendo does that. So yeah, you can download the demo now on the eShop. And then any progress made translates into the actual game that you end up purchasing. Yeah. So it's something I'm probably going to pick up just because I haven't played a Mystery Dungeon game since the DS days. There's been so many of these on both the DS and the 3DS. Yeah. But I just, again, never really got on board. So I think this is the perfect chance to do so. Yeah. It should be a good time. But yeah, lots of uh, good Pokemon news on the horizon. And uh, I'll talk more about my enjoyment of Pokemon Shield in the back half of the episode. All right. Let's get into our main topic of the show, Ryan. Let's do it. <laughs> our most anticipated games of the new year, 2020. I have my top 10. Ryan has his. I feel like we've got a good year of gaming ahead of us. Yeah, it should be really good. We've got the new consoles coming out in the holiday season from both Sony and Microsoft. Remains to be seen what we're going to be getting from them. But first, Ryan, we have a lot of listener feedback as it relates to this topic. Oh, yeah. So first, we have the Discord, as I mentioned a little earlier in the show, Every week, I'm going to be posting a polling question, a straw poll on a designated sub-forum on our main Discord, link in the show notes, where we are going to ask all you fine folks a question, and you're just going to have a number of potential options to select from. Well, this week, as the name would imply, what's your most anticipated game of 2020? I actually can't get to it because the straw poll already... um, uh, not fizzled out, but expired. Okay. Because I'm going to set it to expire every Friday night at like 11.55. Okay. Because we're going to be doing it the next morning. Yeah. Um. Well, that kind of sucks. And I'm actually going to have to change that moving forward because I need to be actually be able to see the results. Last night when I looked, eight people voted. Okay. The list of the potential options were Animal Crossing, New Horizons, Cyberpunk 2077, Halo Infinite, Last of Us Part Two. Final Fantasy VII Remake, Ghost of Tsushima, Lego Star Wars, The Skywalker Saga, or I added the option for other, please share your different game or games on the Discord. We had one vote for Animal Crossing, okay. one vote for Cyberpunk for 2077, you. one vote for Halo Infinite, two votes for Last of Us, okay. two votes for Final Fantasy VII Remake, I think, and then two votes for other. Nice. And so here are the, the only one that's actually correct is Animal Crossing. <laughs> okay. Well, to each their own, Ryan. We will figure yeah. out where uh, Animal Crossing is in my top 10 shortly. Yeah. But we have a few people that expounded upon their answers. Travis said Other, okay. Silk Song. Yes. Which is the sequel, of course, to one of his favorite games, Hollow Knight, mm-hmm. which I've not been able to get into yet. Blink, friend of the show, says, I voted Other as well for Super Meat Boy Forever. I hope it actually comes out in 2020, as they're suggesting. Silk Song is probably my number two choice as well. So good one, Travis. Um, I never played Super Meat Boy. I I downloaded it because it was like a game during one of the um, sales that you could get for like two bucks. Okay. So I have it. It's very red. 
and very hard. It's kind of like Celeste. You yeah. had you with that game. I right? have Celeste. I got like halfway through it, and there's a specific like jump that I can't freaking do, and like I'll have to get back into it. Mm-hmm. Figure out the controls. Going into those games after you haven't played them for a very long time is extremely hard. Well, it's it's a rhythm that you have to get into in terms of the platforming, and if you can't be in sync with your jumps, man, forget about it. Yeah. Well, I was trying to get back into Sekiro 2, and I'm like, I have to potentially restart the game just to get to where I'm at, so I understand and I'm not a crappy ninja. Yeah. So, Super Meat Boy Forever. Good choice, Blink. Uh, not a game for me. I was watching a speedrun, actually, of that this week. Oh, were you? Yeah, it's intense. Very interesting. Travis said, another Super Meat Boy. I missed that announcement. Frantic says, Last of Us Part 2 got my vote, but I'm more excited for, quote, indie that came out of nowhere and surprised me, to which Travis responded, that would be Untitled Goose Game for me in 2019. <laughs> <laughs> which I need to definitely download that. I know it's on the PS4 now. Definitely looks like a game that's uh, up my alley. A good weekend play, if you will. Yeah. Skip Steady, also known as Nolan, friend of the show and co-host of Young Nostalgia. Great nice. podcast. Please check them out on all of your podcasting apps. He said, I voted Halo, actually. Being an Xbox fan, I haven't felt this kind of buzz and excitement for a Halo game since Halo 3 and even a new console generation. 2020 is going to be amazing. Which, I'm so on board for that, Nolan, because Ryan and I have been playing through Halo 4 and Legendary, side-by-side co-op, and it's just an absolute blast. Yeah, nothing beats side-by-side Halo. And that's why we are both going to get it on the PC. Yes. Because... um, Probably not going to buy an Xbox in the foreseeable future. I actually read an article that Xbox Series X mm-hmm. will have no exclusive games for the first year specific to that machine that you can't play on the Xbox One. Wow. Which I don't want to get into picking or nitpicking that apart because my guess is they're going to have other features and maybe up resed higher yeah, speeds, frame rates, and all things that, that they're going to showcase with the console, which is teraflops. Yeah. But, um, Which sounds like a made-up term, but it's not. It does, yeah. Interesting little tidbit, though, of news. Uh, he also replied to Frantic Josh of the Frantic Thoughts podcast. He said, For the indie game, I haven't gotten lost in... Or I've gotten lost in my friend Pedro. It has become my guilty pleasure. Wait, what? Apparently it's an indie game called My Friend Pedro. I've never I, heard of it. I have not heard of that one either. But Frantic says he loves that one as well. Yeah, go va- vote for Pedro. That's right. Napoleon Dynamite Actually, is running the where, um, voting booth. Once Series X comes out, I'm curious how inexpensive Xbox Ones are going to be. If I could get a brand new Xbox One... For like 150 I'm there. Yeah. Because then I can get the Halo Master Chief Collection on the Xbox. I can get Rare Replay... I'd like to get Sunset Overdrive. Wouldn't mind downloading Ori Blind of the Wisps on that. There's a definitely nice catalog of games I'd like to have on that system. As much as we bash it, I'd love to get Gears 5. Like, Halo is my jam. I'm there for that. And if I can... I just can't afford or stomach spending 400 bucks on an Xbox when I'm there for like three games. They have the Game Pass, which is an incredible feature. I applaud Microsoft for bring that to the table. Yeah. Um, but yeah, in terms of exclusives, we're Sony guys. Nothing wrong with that. It would be fun to do that boat game. The Pirates. Sea of Thieves. Yeah. Looks fun. And guess who's the developer of that one, Ryan? Rare. That's right. Yeah. They Apparently they've done a ton of, because it got crapped on at the beginning for just being desolate after a specific period. 
but they've done a lot of changes or made a lot of changes, add a lot of content. So it's apparently a full game now. Yeah, I honestly, the Xbox system is so damn sleek. I'd love to have one of those in my house, especially because of the backwards compatibility with Xbox original and 360 games. Oh, it does have that. Not only that, but if I played Final Fantasy 13 on the Xbox One, don't quote me on this, I'm pretty sure it's up-res. So the graphics actually are compat like are paralleled with a game on the Xbox One. Okay. Which is nice. pretty neat. Yeah. So, if it goes down to 150 and I can get a nice, sleek Xbox One, I'd, I'd be game for that. Cool. Travis writes in to the podcast with the subject header, 2020 Visions. All right. The joke that was very popular on the Twitters when uh, we rang in the new year. He says, sorry, not sorry for the dad joke. Overthinker that I am, I'm going into 2020 with a lot of plans for personal changes. Actually, our boss's boss made that at a like group meeting. Oh, gosh. And everyone was like, oh. No. <laughs> this is not the, not the way he to start it, the new year. He did it ironically knowing it was a dad joke. But everyone just kind of lower it their head to that one. This is a math, mouthful. Um, this would give Tolkien a run for his money. So just hang in there, folks. He says, I'm going into 2020 with a lot of personal changes, but also a hefty excitement for the entertainment releases coming soon. Gaming-wise, there's a handful I need to give another shot. Horizon Zero Dawn definitely deserves a chance. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of my PS4 gaming was overshadowed by the high-energy cinematic games like God of War 4 and Spider-Man, which didn't set me up well for a more methodical game like Horizon Zero Dawn. I also want to finally delve into either Bloodborne or the original Dark Souls, probably the remastered version for Switch, and play an action game that takes patience and perseverance. To balance that out, Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order might be a good one to play through first. 100% yeah. 100% agree just to learn those mechanics and kind of the style of those games, Travis. I mean, it goes to say, I mean, it was my number one game of 2019. Yeah. No, it's a great game. It definitely, you're not going to learn dodges, but you're going to learn parries, mm -hmm. which is, I mean, you're going to get critical stabs in Dark Souls games. Yeah. Or Bloodborne, parrying is a huge thing if you want to be a beast. That's right. Yeah. So that, that'll definitely help. Yeah. So definitely um, the thumbs up for Jedi Fallen Order. Excellent game. As for new releases, I'm beyond excited for Silk Song. Its announcement almost a year ago now was one of my highlights of the 2019 gaming year. To expect a DLC and instead get a full-fledged sequel from a small team that puts heart and soul into their games, amazing. I see weird parallels between this and Ukulele and the Impossible Air, Travis. Anyways, rumor has it they are shooting for a June release, but their track record typically involves a delay, so I'm hoping for at least some time in 2020. Fingers crossed. And then there was that trailer for Breath of the Wild 2. I'm really hoping to see Nintendo operate the way they did during the N64 and GameCube days, where they pumped out quality LPs every year. No more of those droughts they had with the Wii and Wii U. I'm going to claim a holiday 2020 release for Breath of the Wild 2 as my hopeful prediction. It's the same gaming engine and world, so fingers crossed it can happen. When did Breath of the Wild come out? 2016? Let me double check that. And it's 20 now. That, I mean, that's three years. No, I think it was 17. Yeah, March 3rd, 2017. I don't think it's out of the question not to say that Mario Galaxy is on the same scale of Breath of the Wild because it's absolutely not. But as far as I remember, or if I'm remembering correctly, Galaxy and Galaxy 2 were kind of made in tandem with one another. Okay. But they had so much content between the two games. They said, hey, let's just make Mario Galaxy be one game, and then a couple years later we'll bring out galaxy 2 which if i if i remember correctly i think it was about a three-year difference so okay. i don't think it's that's not unreasonable. out of the realm of possibility that breath of the wild 2 would would hit the holidays uh 2020 yeah it was funny 
one of my coworkers, he got a Switch recently and got Breath of the Wild. And I was basically trying to give him strats on how to kill a Lionel in there. Okay. Basically, the Centauri thinks it's a lion head. Oh, yeah, yeah. And uh, he couldn't get it. And then I get a tap on my shoulder like a week or two ago. And he's like, dude, I finally killed a Lionel. Nice. And he was like super excited about it. Finally got the gear. So Once I get there, I'm sure I'll have that same sense of satisfaction for beating a boss in like Bloodborne or something like that. Yeah. No, it's a good time. And then you can grind them out. That's right. Hopefully, at some point in this year, I will play Breath of the Wild. Anyways. I'll replay that with you. Okay. I need to get my own copy. Do you not have a copy? No, yours is still kind of sitting at the apartment. Oh, is it? You yeah. S- do you still have it? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's good to know. Yeah. Travis goes on. He said, looking at upcoming TV movies, I'm excited for another Christopher Nolan action thriller with Tenet arriving this summer. Which I actually know nothing about. I know nothing about that either. I'm also psyched for season four of Stranger Things. Hopefully a 2020 release, but they made us wait two years last time. More news about the likely uh, Numenorean-focused Amazon Lord of the Rings show, Mm -hmm. the third Fantastic Beast movie, and the next in the spectacular Haunting of Anthology on Netflix. Gosh, if there's anything television movie related to this year, I cannot wait for The Haunting of Bly Manor, Manor, which is the follow-up to Haunting of Hill House. Oh, yeah. is it same cast or different cast? Some cast members are returning. I know the mom is. I think Nell, her, that actress, is returning. The one who was in the, like, Hush? No, that's Theo. Oh, okay. I don't um, know names. Yeah, so a couple of the is actors the and older actresses. brother, the author guy, who's a beautiful man? I don't know. Remains to be seen. I hope most of them return, though. Okay. Of course, playing different roles. It would be roles. cool if it became, um, what is it? What's that other series? Where American they, Horror Story. Yeah, if they rotated actors like that. That'd be amazing. Because I love that cast was perfect. Yeah, they were The great. young actors, actors and the older ones, like the adult versions of themselves, were just perfectly cast. It was just brilliant. Mm-hmm. One of my favorite shows probably of all time. I, can th- I think I can make that definitive statement. Yeah. Have you ever watched American Horror Story? I have. It's, it's one of those things you pull up on Netflix and it's like, oh, seven seasons of things I need to commit to. Well, each season is its own individual season. There's I know. some overlap on like lore mm-hmm. on between like, I think the witch season and like the current apocalypse season. But like, they're all somewhat different. It just seems like a lot to commit to. It is. Maybe someday. But they're right? high intensity. Maybe someday. He says, and also more news about Netflix's reboot of Avatar The Last Airbender. I didn't even know that was a thing. That's good to know. I just hope M. Night Shyamalan's directing it. Oh, God. Yeah. Just Ong. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, it had the girl from Transformers, the one with Matt Wahlberg. His daughter was the Katara actress. Okay. Cool. Yeah, moving All along right. here. He says, I'm not necessarily excited for anything planned for Marvel in 2020, but after a year's break to recover from the mad hype train we just rode for a decade, 2021 should be a good return for me with what's happened. Star Wars is, is the same boat for me, with Obi-Wan show currently planned for 21 as well. Yeah, I'm... If, the, if Obi-Wan is as good as The Mandalorian, I'm all for that. I think the only Marvel movie I really care about is uh, Black Widow. Yeah, Black Widow, I'm excited to see, but it's not going to be one of those things where, like, it's endgame. I need to get Thursday night premiere tickets. No, I'll wait until it comes to Disney+. Plus. Yeah, it's just not... I don't want to say I'm burnt out, but, like, endgame was such a satisfying conclusion of that decade of movies and characters. Like, I'm good. I think I'm burnt out. I'll, I'll say that. 
I'm burnt out from um, all the Marvel and Star Wars. Yeah. Like, I was in my debating what the hell I want to watch. I went to Rick and Morty. It was too intensive comedy for me. And then I was like, oh, I could watch Star Wars. And none of them sounded good because I think everything built up to the climax in both kind of series. Mm-hmm. So every starting another potential 22 movie marvel thing i i, I don't know we almost need, I need a, like, like a four-year break yeah we need like at least a two to three year gap between like spider-man um far from home that's fine bookend that you know decade of movies and then give us like three-year break and then kickstart this new 10-year this decade of movies. I mean, I know, I know there's some die-hard Marvel fans out there. Brian, my coworker, is one of them. That he's already pre-ordered his tickets for the next three years, which is fine. But like for me, I need a little bit of a break, even in Star Wars. And I, I consider myself one of the biggest Star Wars fans in my direct friend groups. So. Yeah. Anyways, Travis goes on in his email here, closes it out, saying, "Overall, I'm hoping to go into 2020 with a greater focus and willingness to take it slow." I agree. He says, I feel like I rushed through as much media as I could in 2019, especially the first one-third of the year, and having releases in 2020 that I need to wait for will be good. I want to explore some complex tabletop gaming as well, and I've had ideas for two to three different stories in my head for years, and I just never take the time to begin writing. And finally, I want to take the time to get outside more, explore some of the fantastic hiking trails in the region, take my daughter fishing, and fry those suckers up for dinner, and generally begin my third decade alive with some renewed connection to good old Mother Mother Earth. Who knows? Fingers crossed I can possibly entice you two to venture north this year, sit around a campfire, and record some musings on the finer points of Tolkien with tankards of ale in hand. Mm. Once again, gents, thanks for all you do, and here's to beginning year three of everyone's favorite mediocre but delightfully entertaining podcast. Nice. I appreciate the email, Travis, as we appreciate every email you've sent from the beginning stages of this podcast. Lots to look forward to in 2020. I know Ryan and I from both movie, TV, and game perspective, we're looking forward to it all. Yeah, and getting outside and enjoying Mother Earth. And taking things slow. I think that's the biggest thing. I mean, Ryan and I, we talked about um, one of the biggest goals for myself this year was to kind of set a foundation, like a strong foundation for both Lauren and myself to just kind of, yeah, just get back to... Reality. Not, yeah, like not like a normal routine necessarily, but just feel grounded and settled. Yeah. It's so easy to get caught up in, like, social media. I, I avoid most of social media. I deactivated my Facebook. Did you? Yeah. Nice! I was like, fuck that. I don't need that amount of stress in my life. And it wasn't even, like, that it was stressful, but, like, I've been looking over the past two to three months, and I've had four to five dreams where all the teeth fell on my face. <laughs> yeah. So that's not okay. And then last night I had a dream where this giant tsunami was picking up wildlife or wild sea life and when the water disappeared all of the animals were like 300 feet in the sky and fell down on a bunch of rocks and splattered and then the next wave brought in a bunch of humans and the same thing happened all that to say i need to just acid is a hell of a drug slow down and like remove the stressors of my life and social media is something that for me i just needed to remove facebook specifically instagram i'm considering Twitter, I'm going to stay on just because, like, for me, it's more of, like, a what's trending in the news and keeping up to date with that and then also, like, posting the podcast. Yeah, I, Instagram is a bunch of pictures, not to simplify everything to pictures. I, I don't know where I heard it. It was, like, we started communication with cave drawings and we went to an alphabet 
and then we are now reducing back to like emojis and stuff and pictures and communicating through pictures so we've like regressed well it's interesting because at this um this training that i was at thursday friday the facilitator he must have been mid to late 40s and he Mm -hmm. has a son and a daughter the son is 12 he said he gave both of his kids iphones when they were seven and his son because we were talking about like the stress of your inbox Mm -hmm. when you have like a thousand unread messages and the different types of personality that we had in the room so some people were saying that they need to have their inbox cleared at all times other people say i have a general idea of the emails i need to respond to even if i have a thousand unread i have a good handle on my responsibilities and prioritizing my tasks he said his son has 1200 unread emails and i'm like and what reality do we live in where 12 year old kids have 1200 unread emails in their inboxes yeah no kidding is that like facebook friend or um is that like Fortnite yeah. uh, friend invites or something? Like that was just mind-boggling. Yeah, to me. I think at work I have fourteen hundred unread, and well, I find the notifications on uh, social media far more stressful than I do like email at work. Mm-hmm. Like work, I I have a general understanding of what those emails are, and they're unread so that I can like filter through stuff a lot easier. Um, but as far as you have 60 notifications for people like liking shit, I don't get off on people liking things or like you got a new friend request or all that jazz. So it's so much easier not to have Facebook. Well, I was looking at, go ahead. ahead. I don't want to interrupt you. The problem is you not dissociate, but you isolate yourself because that's how most of youth or people keep in contact Mm -hmm. so i don't know i just i don't find any glorification posting stuff i know that's probably not the norm but i'm not gonna put a hey i went here like most of it's hey we're all grinding at work but we post just the happy shit not Mm -hmm. like the ups and downs so i i don't know yeah i mean for me it got to a point where i was getting more like social anxiety of seeing posts, feeling obligated and a need to post more. And all of that bumped up against the value I was deriving from the application itself. I was like, it's so one-sided. Like I'm, I seriously am getting no value. And if anything, it's causing me more stress to visit this app. And every Sunday I get a notification of screen time on my phone. And I would say in the previous few weeks, my percentage of screen time has been going down pretty significantly mm-hmm. but after deleting facebook earlier in the week i can't wait to see the percentage decrease in and screen time i have on my phone yeah mine's definitely youtube uh because i listen to youtube videos at work okay There's well that's a completely different things, thing yeah or like in the morning but besides that probably text messages would be my second because i'm texting coworkers or not coworkers. i'm texting suppliers and things yeah so i'm most of it's work-related. but Yeah, and so again, I, I didn't find the value in it. The only thing I still have as it relates to Facebook, I guess, is Instagram since they're owned by them. Um, but Facebook Messenger, because yeah. that's how I communicate with Zach and Chronolink Alec. Okay. Because shout-outs to them, the Tark Run podcast. Gosh, I, I love their show so much. They have such a great dynamic, wonderful chemistry. Love their show. It's on YouTube. Tarkaron, T-A-R-Q-A-R-O-N. 
Ryan and I are going to be doing a Secret Santa unboxing with them this Tuesday. Yeah. Zach, the co-host of that podcast, will be recording it. You'll actually get to see Ryan and myself sitting next to each other, unboxing presents with Zach and Chronolink91, Alec, on their podcast. And we are going to share that video on the Discord as well. That's the first time we've shown our face besides you randomly taking pictures of me. That, and I guess you can get a general idea of what we look like based on our logo. That's true. Yeah. I have a giant sword most of the time. <laughs> <laughs> That's what the kids are calling it these days. But anyways, Ryan and I are going to be, oh, yeah. Ryan and I are gonna be recording that 2020. on Tuesday. It should be a lot of fun. I'm really looking forward to hanging out with them, finally getting um, on a podcast with them. I, I was on a, an episode of, with them previously doing hypotheticals. But uh, to have all four of us on air will be a good time. And uh, Ryan and I figured out a bunch of gifts we wanted to send them and vice versa. So tune into that. Stay tuned on Tuesday or Wednesday or a couple weeks from now, whenever Zach gets that edited. No pressure, Zach. Yeah. But it should be fun to have that discussion. Yeah. But Ryan, what do you say we get into our most anticipated games? Yeah, I'm game for that. Of 2020. So I ordered mine 1 to 10. 1, of course, being my most anticipated I don't think you had any particular order necessarily. I, I watched a few things, went through a few lists, and mine are in chronological order in which they come out. Okay, that's fair. For the most part. So, So, I guess, do you want to just share your first one? Yeah, so the first one coming out, let me pull up my uh, list, is Kingdom Hearts. Uh coming out january 23rd holy crap i totally forgot about that <laughs> remind is not even on my yeah so that one's a list. dlc it's not a full like new kingdom hearts 4 or spin-off shit it's um just dlc but i think it's story. like 30 dollars. it might be as long as it's not 60 bucks it's, yeah there's a potentially a lot of money to spend here in 2020 yeah. Especially the first half. Well, and especially if the rumors are to be believed that the PlayStation 5 is going to be backwards compatible with its previous four consoles. All four. That's a rumor. And they're also saying that there might be trophy support for those earlier games that didn't have trophy support before, like the PS2 and PS1 games. Holy shit. And potentially up graphics for some of those games. Like Demon Souls. We can finally play that one. Yeah. So that's... Really scary. I will have to empty my closet and find everything I could possibly sell and make some money off of. Gonna have to sell my body again. <laughs> in order, in order to, I'm already an organ donor. Yeah. In order to, me too. Tell I'll Lauren sell some blood and sperm and everything. Whatever you need to to make this happen. So I'm gonna talk my to Lauren about lits. that. Okay, we're moving on, Ryan. Okay. Your number ten was Kingdom Hearts Remind. Yeah. So I don't have an order of top ten, but it's on the list. <laughs> you all right? Yes, I'm good. Sorry for the listeners' ears that <laughs> were destroyed from that sneeze. My number 10, um, as far as I'm concerned, or as far as I know, doesn't have an actual release date confirmed. Okay. TBD, I'm pretty sure this game is being made by one person, at least during the E3 trailer, PlayStation State of Play, whenever they revealed it, way to the woods. This is a really artsy-fartsy indie game that looks as if it was animated by that game company, so the people that made Journey and Flower. Okay. Gameplay style plays more similar to a Telltale's, Telltale's Walking Dead. It's kind of a point-and-click adventure that begins with a an adult deer and its oh yeah its baby deer with uh, his antlers being lit as if he's lighting a match and it said all the lights will guide you home and you're almost in this post-apocalyptic 
world where you're guiding yeah. this younger deer through this point and click adventure. It looks beautiful. I'm sure I'll have a tissue box next to me weeping by the end of it all. But it just looks like one of those games that's a perfect um, way to table or the perfect um, intermission between a game like Cyberpunk and Final Fantasy VII Remake. Yeah. You know? Um, so I'm hoping it comes out like in a spring or summer release. But this is one I definitely have my eyes on since the trailer. And uh, one I'm hotly anticipating. I think it'll be a really delightful little, little adventure. Yeah, because I think that was premiered at E3. Was it? Okay. Yeah. That, that sounds about right. Yeah, it's one of the indie games. And it's a beautiful style. It's cel-shaded, kind of like uh, Breath of the Wild. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that should be a good one, for sure. Yeah, so that's my number 10. Nice. So, the next one on the list, probably higher up on yours, is Final Fantasy VII Remake, coming out March 3rd. Very nice. Starting the uh, array of March games. That's right, yeah. So, this one, I've never played a Final Fantasy and stuck with it. I started 13, I believe, the one with lightning. Mm-hmm. And I got like 10 hours in. Um, I've always been a fan of 10, which is Rick's favorite game. Yeah. Uh, but this would be my first one. It's beautiful. It's not turn-based like the original. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a combination of kind of like Kingdom Hearts action RPG and turn-based. It's one of the more famous stories mm-hmm. as far as jrpgs go yeah um lots of plot twists from what i've heard i think there's a huge one like a more famous one i'm excited to understand what that is yeah there's some key plot points that i know of others i do not like sephiroth i don't really know where he comes into the whole story where he lies in the the grander scheme of things um the one thing I'm a little bit worried or just not really sure about yet, and this may have already been stated somewhere in um, games journalism, Square Enix. I don't know what they've said about this, but I thought originally they pitched this as saying this isn't the complete game. This is going to come out over multiple installments. I think that's still the case. But each installment's like 60 hours. Yeah, which is in, it's interesting. Yeah, which is interesting to me, though, because it says, like the title is Final Fantasy VII Remake. It doesn't say part one. Yeah. They didn't pull a Kingdom Hearts and say like 1.5 or 2.8 prologue HD remix back to Earth. Like, So I'm, I'm just curious how they're going to market that and advertise that over the course of the next few months, the next couple years. I don't know when we're going to get the complete experience, but it'll be interesting to see how they do that going forward. Yeah, I mean, preferably be in one disc, but I mean, the size of the discs max out. Yeah. So... I mean, even Red Dead Redemption 2 had two discs. Did it really? Yeah. Yeah. Well, to your point, it is higher on my list. Cannot wait. I remember distinctly going into a game crazy when I was about 10 years old. Walked in and got a um, greatest hits copy of Final Fantasy VII because I was at my buddy Scott's house, who Mm -hmm. his brothers originally introduced me to Kingdom Hearts. Yeah. Scott introduced me to Tony Hawk, a number of different games, but I saw them playing Final Fantasy VII and similar to Kingdom Hearts, it was an experience, a game that I just never had seen before. It was just blew my childhood mind. But when I went to actually pick it up and play it myself, the gameplay systems, the turn-based action, even though I would played Pokemon at that point, was just too much for me to take in and digest yeah. and make sense of. So I literally went back like two days later and traded it back in because I just, I didn't get it. And the game probably goes for 100 bucks now. Uh, it, at one point, Final Fantasy VII, yeah, was going for a lot more. But over the years, it's kind of 
significantly gone down. You can probably get a copy of Final Fantasy VII for 40, 50 bucks. Like nothing, oh, nothing okay. crazy. Um, it's not like an Earthbound where it's going to run you like $800 to get a complete inbox copy. But Final Fantasy VII, I might talk about it more when I get to it on my list. But yes, I'm excited. Can't wait. It's going to be great. Yeah, I'm excited. My number nine is uh, an interesting choice. I imagine it's not on your list. SpongeBob SquarePants Battle for Bikini Bottom Rehydrated. No, it is not. Why THQ Nordic is remaking games like this and Destroy All Humans is completely beyond me. I'm all for it. I loved these games growing up. Battle for Bikini Bottom especially is such a terrific little 3D platformer collectathon with, of course, starring the main protagonist as SpongeBob where you're just running around Bikini Bottom doing various tasks for all your friends, collecting spatulas. It's just a really good time. The graphical style is a little over-the-top animation for me, but okay. I'm still there for it. We haven't got a definitive release date, but you know me and my 3D platformers. We never have enough of them on the market to play. So pff, this is a day one purchase for me, no doubt. That's surprising. I mean, not with platformers, but a day one. Oh, yeah. I mean, because my guess is this is going to come out like a 40 or $50 price tag and not 60 Okay. Um, even if it was 60 I'd probably end up buying it anyways just because I love me some SpongeBob and 3D platformers. It looks like there's uh, multiple editions too. A shiny edition and F-U-N edition. F yeah. is for fans who do stuff together. U is for you and me. N is for everyone and everyone down <laughs> in the deep blue sea. Something like that. Yeah, F is for five that burns down the whole town. U is for uranium bombs. Okay. <laughs> N is for no survivors here in the deep blue sea. We were clearly brought up watching SpongeBob, yeah, if you couldn't just, tell. Just a little. I've seen an episode or two. Yeah. Ryan, what is your number eight? Uh, the next one is March 11th, Ori and the Will of the Wisps. Nice. I don't have that on my list either. <laughs> okay. It's all right. This one is kind of like Hollow Knight, mm -hmm. um, except a very colorful version. I think the first one was just on sale from what you're saying. The Blind Forest. Yeah, you can get yeah. it on Switch right now for 25 bucks. the Definitive Edition, which probably comes with some DLC. Yeah, I mean, it's the thing with Hollow Knight that kind of dissuaded me from playing it, I still have it on my PS4, but it's the dreariness and the color scheme it's very black and gray and it's like the video game version of like if tim burton if dim dim if tim burton directed a video game like this is what you'd get yeah and then uh ori is more of a colorful version of that with the same kind of styles mm -hmm. about traversing planes and i mean you're like a glowy colorful squirrel thing <laughs> he looks adorable that like shoots energy bombs mm hmm who wouldn't love that kind of plot? When yeah, I was I think you have an owl friend, maybe. When I was listening to a compilation of video game music at work earlier this week, as I do, dude, that song was amazing. You, did you end up listening to it? Oh my gosh, it was so good. Can you play some of that? Yeah, let me. Um... I'm like, this is the happiest shit. Because I was reading like an unhappy email, and I heard that. I'm like, oh my gosh, I wish there was more of that song because it was only a minute and a half or so. All right, I'm gonna play it right now. I might get a little advertisement in the beginning. All right, I'm not. So this is Ori in the Blind Forest. We get advertised stuff. Yeah. If you guys want Hot Pockets, they're on sale at Kroger's for $19.95. Ori in the Blind Forest, the second track on the soundtrack, Naru embla Embracing the Light.
I don't know. After listening to that, I just felt like I should be frolicking through the meadows of Ireland with a fanny pack and one of those giant multicolored suckers with like a Robin Hood hat or something. Okay. <laughs> it just looked, it was one of the most magical, delightful little songs, and it just really got me hyped and excited to play Ori in the Blind Forest. Yeah, no, I'm, just watch the trailer and try to be sad. Like, I dare you. you, you yeah, <laughs> challenge accepted. So, yeah, definitely excited for that one. Yeah, looks amazing. Very excited. I need, Of course, I need to play The Blind Forest before I play Will of the Wisps, but definitely a I'm lot of... I'm sure the of... plot is a huge part of that and it'll carry into the next You one. never know with those indie-type games. There's there's definitely a good message Probably there. establishes the universe. Yeah. Uh, number eight for me is one that... Uh, it's a series of games I've loved since the first one was released. Lego Star Wars The Skywalker Saga. Is that... That's all nine? All right? nine movies. I don't know what they're doing with um, The Clone Wars because I think there was a separate game that came out on the Xbox 360 PS3 generation okay. that covered the, the course of The Clone Wars series. I know there were, I had a collection that did the first three and then the original trilogy. Yes. And then it was kind of in a cantina and you went to each kind of door and it was the entire game or whatever. Yep, so they're going to have all of that plus now the sequel trilogy. Cool. So I'm, Dude, That'll be a good time. I'm all on board with that. We should definitely get it on PS4, maybe play like co-op online. Can you play co-op online? Yeah, I mean, I think with Harry Potter and Lego The Hobbit and things like that, you can do that. I'm game for that. If nothing else, you can come over to my place and we can do co-op, like couch co-op. The the hard part for those games are I when I miss some Legos, it kills me inside. My OCD eats me up. We'll be completionist with this, Ryan, because I'm the same way with those games. Okay. We'll mash all the bricks. Mm, yeah. So yeah. Those eight by two or four by twos. That's right. I don't really have anything more to say about it. I mean, it's more Lego, Star Wars, more Lego, whatever. These games kind of follow a very structured format in terms of like you go through the levels um like the major plot points of major films and you just mash legos there's a lot of like puzzles that you have to and then there's a lot of replayability because you can go back as other characters and use their abilities like palpatine or whomever use the force where you don't have the force in the beginning that's right and you can find stuff to find other collectibles it's it's just yeah, big emphasis on uh, replay value, big emphasis on co-op, just a lot of good, mindless fun. Yeah. So that's my number eight. Nice. All right, my next one is the one that I care the most about this year. It's coming out March 20th, and it is Animal Crossing New Horizon. Very nice. Yeah. So you're talking about during the Pokemon section, if they were to do like DLC for this game, I'd buy like a $100 DLC. Whoa. I love Animal Crossing. And it's been a while since we've played one. I think, what's the one where you're at the mayor or whatever? New Leaf? New Leaf for the 3DS. Yeah. So that's the last one. And I think going back earlier this year to see where I was, maxed out my house, which is like a few million. And I had three million bells. extra bells. Whoa. So I was pretty rich. I was trying to max out the Tom Nook uh book of items so you can mm-hmm. just order everything i think this one's gonna follow more of a path of some of minecraft mechanics where you're like farming stuff um which just adds more replayability and more crafting of i, I think you can like build anything in the town okay like you can build campsites build because the plot's set on an island um 
I'm just really excited to get some more Animal Crossing. Me too. Uh, it's, it's a very stylistic game. It's a very grind-heavy game. And adding more Minecraft mechanics where it's just more grind. Mm-hmm. Um, and the adorableness of it. I'm curious to see what other mechanics they add to it. But I'm definitely... This is going to take up most of my year. Yeah, I agree entirely. And one of the, my favorite things about a game like Animal Crossing is like, especially for someone like yourself that has a very stressful job, I asked you earlier in the week, hey, did you play any more Nino Kuni? And you're just like, nah, man, I need to just veg out when I come home. Mm-hmm. This is that perfect game for you. This is that game you're going to come home even after a stressful day, and you're going to play Animal Crossing because it helps you veg out. That's why Minecraft was such a huge like outlet for me, because you go down in the caves, and you just, you're mining and collecting resources, and it's completely mindless. I mean... I mean, most of the time is you're hitting blocks in front of you, mm-hmm. and you don't have to build stuff during that time when you're vegging out. It's just, let's go gra- gather resources, cut down some trees, and just stockpile. Um, definitely a good way to unwind and catching red snappers or those little black and white uh, striped fish for 5,000 bells is a good way to unwind. Yeah, it's very high up on my list. I cannot wait for more Animal Crossing. I played the heck out of New Leaf. And more Animal Crossing, bring it on. One of my favorite soundtracks Nintendo's had in years. Yeah, I'm curious how co-op's going to... Is there, if there's a co-op or if we can go to each other's towns, give oh, each sure other you fruit. Yeah. So that'll be a good time to play together. Yeah. I'll have to get Lauren a copy as well and all three of us can play. Yeah, for That'd sure. That'd be, be good times. Because Lauren, she was playing, I think, New Leaf. And she came over to my town and basically I gave her a million dollars to pay off like two expansions of her house. Nice. Yeah. I'm like a bank. <laughs> so the bank yeah, of Tom I just spit all over your. Uh... I know I spit all over my. Um, <laughs> pop. You're just so excited. You're drooling my at the pop, thought of pop filter Animal here. Crossing. That's right, Ryan. My number seven is a game that we've already mentioned this episode. Halo Infinite. Oh yeah. So excited for more Halo. So excited to play as Master Chief. What Halo Five Guardians didn't really do so well, from what I've heard from many folks. One of my biggest complaints and gripes is just stripping away couch co-op. That's a big no-no for me in terms of Halo and what I love most about it. I can't say anything about the story and gameplay. Could have been the best in years since Halo 3. I really can't speak to that, so I'm not going to knock it. All I want from Halo Infinite is just bring us back to the roots. To Nolan's point earlier in the show, he hasn't hotly anticipated a Halo game since 3, and I'm kind of in the same realm. Like, Reach, ODST, 4, like, I wasn't there release night trying to get that at midnight. Mm -hmm. I was excited to play more Halo, but kind of like the Marvel movies, I needed more time to like really get that sense of anticipation and build up for a new Halo experience. And I think we're getting that in Infinite. Now, it remains to be seen because we really haven't gotten a whole lot in terms of what we can expect from the story, what we can expect from the the grand journey that Master Chief is going on. But just the sense that it's called Halo Infinite just makes me believe that like they're almost reimagining who Master Chief is and they're just going to give us one of the best stories we've seen in Halo yet. Yeah, is this back to Bungie or is it four three four three? That's a great question. I actually do not know the answer to that question. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I think we're still on the Cortana kind of trilogy where she's freaking out. Kind of, it starts with four, and I think it continues with five. Mm-hmm. Um, the main contention in five was like there's another Spartan, that black guy who tries to kill Chief, and there's some contentions there. Um, or confrontations. Um, 
But I think you become friends. I think Cortana's still freaking out and just being an asshole in the background. Okay. Um, but we'll see how all of that gets resolved if she becomes a, I guess, redone AI, or if you meet Halsey, I think is her name, that doctor who made Master Chief. Okay. Because the end of five, I'm pretty sure you see Master Chief's face. Or at least the bottom portion of his face if you beat Legendary. Okay. So he's like an old man. Um, he's got a chiseled jaw, obviously. He's got some scr- like white scruff. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, maybe I'll have I'd to... I'd bang, Chief, yeah. <laughs> is well, what I'm getting at. Maybe I'll have to watch on YouTube like a series of just all of the um, the cutscenes in 5, just to get an idea of the story, yeah. or read it on Wikipedia, whatever I do, just to kind of prep me, because, again, we don't really know, at least I don't personally, where this is going to take in the grander timeline of things, but I, I cannot wait to sit side by side, get some Mountain Dew, order a pizza, you and I, with our, both of our computers and an Xbox 360 controller in hand, and play this side by side on Legendary with our computers. Yeah. Like, that's just going to be such an amazing time. Yeah. Uh, I mean, even playing through 4 again, despite it's mo- like a lot of it's not Covenant, and I don't like the new guns as much because they don't have the same feel and they don't have the same power mm-hmm. as like a Carbine or a, a Covenant Carbine or whatever. Um, yeah, I, it's just that experience of sitting side by side and just when we die, we die epically. Oh or yeah. Like, we go out where you got glory. To, <laughs> well, you jump in onto that, uh, that ship. Yeah. That ship that was running, barely getting on then falling off or like people teleporting around. Yeah. It's just a lot of fun to play side by side. Yeah. So I cannot wait for Halo Infinite. I'm really curious to see when we're going to see more. Obviously, I think at E3, we're probably going to get a significant trailer and gameplay demo. Yeah. And hopefully they lock in a release. It sounds like because Microsoft has said there's going to be no exclusive titles you can't play on Xbox One, that um, this game will be coming, I guess, for both of those consoles, which makes sense. But more than anything, and to our benefit, it'll come to PC Windows. Yeah, that'll be the first big PC game I play then. Probably, Yeah. So, can't wait to see more about it. Nice. What is your number? Yeah, that's on my list I later guess. on because okay. it's in... It's like a holiday release. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the next one is Neo 2. Ah, interesting. Yeah, I've seen it's really difficult from uh, some of the gameplay. I think they released maybe the first level or first boss okay. in one of the demos. Lots of customization. It's a beautiful game. It's more of an RPG stylized version i wouldn't say of neo but it's the same kind of atmosphere okay uh it kind of tries to follow like a dark souls because a lot of it's dodging Mm -hmm. lots of different types of weapons you don't you're not stuck with like a katana but yeah it's it's a really difficult game you get into some of the like ninja magic stuff Mm -hmm. looks awesome yeah i never played neo get some waifu yeah, well, with another game on our list, too. We're going to be ninjas all year. But I never played the first Neo. I did download it on PS Plus. Uh-huh. I almost started it over Christmas break. But when you're playing a Soulsborne game like Neo, man, you got to be so invested in just focus on that singular game. So that's kind of why I hopped around and played a game like Nino Kuni, mm-hmm. Pokemon New Super Lucky Stale, things like that to kind of like... It was Christmas break. I wanted to relax. <clears throat> Neo would have been a very stressful game. But yeah. I'd like to certainly play that before I jump into two. 
Yeah, the really cool thing or that I enjoyed the most out of that game was not necessarily the levels because it's not like one open world that you're on missions. Like there's specific missions you click into, play through the mission, and then you go back to like a map. Okay. Kind of like you're conquering a nation. But in each one of the environments, there's kind of like how Dark Souls does like those notes. You see that person's either died or whatever. And you can oh. challenge that person to fight them. And if you win, you have has you have the potential to get some of their armor pieces. Oh, interesting. So you can grind out like rare ar- like armors. Okay. Yeah. Why would you ever play a game like that, Ryan? That sounds so far beyond your alley. Yeah, I hate changing my character's appearance, just grinding, f- becoming a ninja. Actually... <laughs> So my boss is Japanese, and I was walking down the hallway, and she's like, "Yeah, just I'm in this like room 23. Come and find me." And I like quickly like grab my computer, and I was like walking quickly, and she turns around and like jumps because I was there. Mm-hmm. She didn't expect. She's like, "You're a ninja," and I was nice. like, "Nice. I've ascended. <laughs> I've become a ninja. Everything I was meant to be since a child. Yeah, of so. uh, mere eight years old. So is that Neo Two is your six? Sure. Okay, I think so. I don't have a list. Of, That's right. I That's just right. have 10 games. My number six is Cyberpunk. Nice. 2077. I think that actually might be my next one. Yeah, Cyberpunk. April 16th. Yeah, I, I still don't really know what to expect from this game. I didn't get in far enough in The Witcher 3 or any of The Witcher games for that matter to really understand the nuances or the world building of CD Projekt Red, but I think I could make a blanket statement and say they're one of the greatest video game developers of this millennium like this you know the 2000s 2010s and now into the 2020s i mean with the demise of bethesda they're probably one of the uh game developers that we can actually trust no absolutely as far as quality and not being assholes with shady practices of monetization yeah and cd project red or cd project cyberpunk 2077 just looks like this futuristic cyber or um not cyberpunk, but... Just a futuristic cyborg. Um, there's a lot of mechanical upgrades people are doing to like outfit themselves. Um, I think the main protagonist has arms that turn into like blades or whatever the hell. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it looks amazing. I'm, I think it's, what, gun gameplay maybe? Yeah, I mean, it almost looks like a Mass Effect meets The Matrix meets like... Elder Scrolls, like it just looks wildly interesting. Keanu Reeves is a thing in there. From what we've, yeah, we've seen so much, but I still know so little from you know the trailers that they've shown, and that just makes me that much more curious about playing it. Yeah, I just think it's so funny that people are trying to make like controversies out of it. Why? Well, uh, I don't know. There was there's a gang group called the Animals. Okay, and then like they they're more animalistic. They're like, you're calling black people animals because it's like a generally like more, it's kind of like the hood gang. And they're like trying to create controversies. It's like, dude, we're in not a post-apocalyptic, but we're in like a a cyborg world. Fictional universe. Yeah. And like all their uh, upgrades are based off of like becoming more animalistic. Hmm. I'm like, what is going on? It's like me critiquing Lord of the Rings for like going after orcs for being marginalized 
I think orcs have a wage gap because, <laughs> because they don't get paid anything. Lurch was making a third of what Legolas was making, and his arrowmanship was so much better. He hit Boromir from like 400 yards away with like four arrows. Yeah. Legolas only took down an Oliphant. Like, what gives? And it only counts as one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no. I know. I don't really give a shit. It's Keanu Reeves, Cyborgs, and it's, it'll be my first... Uh, CD Projekt Red game that I stick to. I have The Witcher, and apparently The Witcher had a resurgence because of uh, Henry Cavill's Netflix show. Mm-hmm. And he's so gorgeous. He is. Dude, he's got the jaw of a god. He does. <laughs> Holy crap. And he, I think he's like 40. Is he really? I'm like, I hope to look like that when I'm 30. Ryan, you're going to look like that in December. All right, bro? Next December. That's right. Just wait. Um. Yeah, apparently it's like a hundred thousand people are c- concurrently playing it right now on like PS4. Yeah, I mean, I played the first three hours, and I again, the world building is almost second to none. Character controls very tight, but my gosh, I just felt so overwhelmed with the amount of things I could and should be doing in that game mm-hmm. at any given moment. I was just not ready for that. Yeah. So I we're definitely gonna play this at the same time, probably. Absolutely. Like day yeah. one. I think so. This so. has to be a day one because this will be. We'll have had like a month to play Final Fantasy VII, which again I don't know if I'm getting that day one either. Um, I'm probably not. So so far January, we'll see what I'm pl- January twenty third. Shit, that's like two weeks. And Kingdom Hearts comes out. Yeah. Yikes. I'm probably not gonna get that day one. I'm still gonna probably be playing Nino Kuni. Yeah, that's true. Um. March 3rd, so we have all of February. It depends on what I want to play. I'm probably going to get back into Pokemon. Mm-hmm. And I have a lot of stuff coming up. In Are you February. ever, like, not into Pokemon? Okay. Whoa. <laughs> Sword and Shield. I'm ah. going to get back into it. Okay, it's like a completely DLC. different game. Yeah. yeah. Just, it's a totally, it's like, I might as well be in Digimon. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, uh, though. March. Let's see, the first one, there's Final Fantasy on the 3rd. I don't know because that's a 60 hour game and then Ori comes out on the 11th and I find Ori to be way less stressful so I'll probably get Ori save Final Fantasy it's not going to drop too much it's like looking for a Nintendo's like Super Smash Bros or a mm-hmm. Mario game to come out I don't down. know I wouldn't doubt that necessarily because you can get the complete royal edition of Final Fantasy 15 now for like 15 bucks oh so it doesn't hold value like mario nothing holds its value like mario and pokemon uh that's that's fair so i'll probably get that when it's lower in price i'll play ori and then animal crossing is in march 20th so that gives me like oh shit like nine days for ori before it completely gets dropped i think travis was saying that the first one took like six to ten hours yeah i don't think it's a crazy experience i know hollow knight is like more like 20 to 30 yeah, so then if this is along the same lines, I can definitely do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, then Animal Crossing, March 20th, and then April is Cyberpunk. So, yeah, I think April 16th, so like midway through. Yeah. Animal Crossing day one, I think Cyberpunk day So one. I'll probably offset some of the chaos of Cyberpunk with Animal Crossing. Yeah, I think that's a, that's a fair bet. Cool. That's, that's the plan. first half of my year. <laughs> We're sticking to it, Ryan. But now we're getting into the back half of the year, Ryan, with your games. Mine, some of these actually might come out earlier in the year. I don't really know. I need to actually check here. But what is your, I guess, hypothetical number five? 
We actually went over it. Oh, Cyberpunk. Cyberpunk. Yeah, yeah, I guess. Okay. What is sense. your number five? We already went over this as well. Final Fantasy VII Remake. Nice. So four. Yeah. <laughs> that was quick. Yeah, no. Final Fantasy VII Remake. I'm looking forward to a more action-heavy Final Fantasy game. I mean, I loved um, Crisis Core Final Fantasy VII on the PSP. So if we get more of like an HD-ified upgrade res Final Fantasy VII on you know the PS4 that looks and plays similar to... Crisis Core on PSP, I'm all for that. Yeah, I mean, I've never played Final Fantasies, but Cloud is such an iconic character for the brand as a whole. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think finally understanding who he is as a character. I don't know if he's ever showed up again or if he's in any other ones besides Seven, but I know he's extremely popular. That, and even getting back to music, Final Fantasy VII is such a beautiful soundtrack. There's so many themes, like One Winged Angel, that's just one of the most iconic boss battle musics. Um, for me, personally, I think 13, 9, and 7 is probably my top three. Mm-hmm. Final Fantasy 13, 9, and then, yeah, 7. But seven's still brilliant. Really good stuff. So I can't wait to see that uh, kind of remastered. Because they have gen. 7 as a movie, right? Yeah, what the kind heck of. was the name of that movie that they did? Um I need to look this up. That's going to kill me. That movie's awesome, by the way. Yeah. Uh, Rick and I watched that in our dorm room. I just remember the final fight. Advent Children. Yeah. Man, that was, yeah, so cool. But yeah, Ryan, I guess what is your your next game on your list? My next game is Minecraft Dungeons. Oh, nice. We did talk very, very highly of that game. Yeah, I think that would be, I think it comes out for the Switch, and that would be, I think it's an RPG version using the, uh, cubic the minecraft cube, character yeah. models yeah this that style of just cubes and a very diablo-esque type experience i think that'd be a lot of fun it's not necessarily minecraft and it's i don't think it'll necessarily ease you into minecraft but it looks like a fun harmless rpg customize your characters and you play the normal rpg roles as like mage and stuff Mm-hmm. I think it'd be a really good time. Yeah, no, I, that was a game I very much anticipated coming away from. I think it was E3, maybe Microsoft's yeah. press conference or something like that. Looks like a really good time, especially co-op with friends. Yeah, no, I'm excited for that one. Definitely like a a low-key or a low-stress game. Like a fun Friday night, hop online, play for a couple hours type of game. Yeah, it definitely will. Um, I, I don't think there was a release date or I didn't see one. It, I might be wrong. But it'll definitely be a good transition game between the Cyberpunk and the next game on my list. Okay, fair enough. My number four is a game we've already talked about, Animal Crossing New Horizons, March nice. 20th. Two days before my birthday. Last year, I rang in my birthday with Yoshi's Crafted World. It was a delightful little platformer, even if a little underwhelming of an experience in terms of its soundtrack. Level design wasn't as varied as I would have liked it to have been. But Animal Crossing New Horizons, I do not see disappointing me at all. If anything, I expect it to exceed my expectations. Yeah, no, it's going to be a great game. Love me some Animal Crossing. So, yeah, just a couple short months. Cannot wait for that. Yeah, and then into my number three sure. is, I think, probably one of the highest on your list, The Last of Us 2. Yes. On May 29th. I already have the limited edition pre-ordered. Okay. $79.99, I think it comes with... A steel book, a um, couple different things. It was enough incentive for me to purchase it, you know? Okay. Yeah, no, it's... The first one's amazing. It toppled Kingdom Hearts for Rusty's favorite game of all time. It did. And that's saying something, because you got all the nostalgia for that one. Um, 
the characters Joel and what's her face Ellie Ellie Ellen Page are both <laughs> just amazingly done just it's such a great story and you really you feel for those characters and all the twists and turns throughout the first one and it's I'll definitely probably have to play the first one maybe in February because there's nothing yeah I'll probably play the first one again as well I mean for as much as I was invested in those characters stories it's also equally important for the people portraying portraying those characters to be invested in them and Ashley Johnson, who plays Ellie, and Troy Baker, who plays, of course, Joel, are so invested in that story and those characters' arcs and the relationship between the two of them, which is why you can buy in so much to get like so immersed into the experience and the crazy journey that they go on over the course of that game. Yeah. In the beginning, you know, Ellie is just this bratty little teenager that is just kind of shuns Joel because she has trust issues, rightfully so, given the world she lives in. But over the course of the journey, it becomes almost like this father-daughter-like relationship that they become inseparable, and they'll do, quite literally in Joel's case, anything they need to to save the other person. Yeah. And so I can't wait to see how that continues in the second game. I'll go ahead and say it. It should be no surprise. Last of Us 2 is my most anticipated game of the year. Yes. I literally was in tears when we found out the game was being um, delayed from February to May. But a couple different things here. One, there's no multiplayer in this game yet, which means at, to this point, Naughty Dog has been solely focused on crafting and creating the best possible single-player experience we as players can get in this new journey between Ellie and Joel. Love that. Then they're like, actually, we need a couple more months to polish it off. In hindsight, had a couple months to adjust the news. 100%, take all the time you need. Can't wait, because that just means that they really want to make this the most perfect game possible. Yeah. And we look historically at Naughty Dog, the expectations we had going into following up Uncharted 1, 2, 3, and eventually concluding Nathan Drake's journey, supposedly, air quotes, in 4, we thought there's no way they can put the cherry on this incredible cake that they've crafted. And my goodness, Uncharted 4, there's very few games I can play and say that's a definitive 10, and Uncharted 4 is absolutely a perfect 10 for me. Yeah, our short break between uh, the first five and the second five that was seamless thanks to Rusty's awesome editing. What's up? I was taking a look at my games over there, and I was I actually pulled out Uncharted Four, and I'm like, I could go for some of this right now. Yeah, I mean, they're so good at storytelling. The visuals are amazing, and I mean, The Last of Us is no different. Mm-hmm. And we go back to story-driven experiences. It should be no secret for people that have listened to any number of episodes of this podcast. It's something I care so very little about in video games. That's just who I am. I'm very much focused on the gameplay itself and the music surrounding that gameplay. But Uncharted is a complete package. I love the gameplay. I hate puzzles in games. Uncharted does it brilliantly. Music, it just has this very Indiana Jones-esque type experience that you just fall in love with. And the characters and the story, it's just some of the best in video games. Yeah. And uh, Last of Us, I anticipate being no different in the second game. Yeah, that's potential game of the year, for sure. Mm -hmm. My number three is Ghosts of Tsushima. Nice. So Ryan and I coming away from uh, a more recent PlayStation State of Play trailer, we were probably more nitpicky than we should have been. Graphically, we kind of maybe unfairly so compared to something like Sekiro, where the character models look unbelievable. I mean, the game won Game of the Year at the Game of the Year Awards. Um, held in the highest of regards because of Miyazaki and the Soulsborne name attached to it. 
but the more and more I think about this game, I look at a game like Jedi Fallen Order that was not polished much at all. In fact, there were so many glitches that Ryan and I found absolutely hysterical, and it ended up being my game of the year. So I can't knock a game like Ghost of Tsushima, look at, hey, that person's face doesn't look as crisp and polished as it should be, when a game I looked at and said the same thing ended up being a game of the year for me. So Ghost of Tsushima, I have such high expectations for a developer like Sucker Punch, who previously created games like the Infamous and Sly Cooper games, which the Sly Cooper games specifically are some of my favorite games in the PS2 era. Love, love, love those 3D platformers. Bentley, the little turtle, he's literally my PSN avatar. So uh, Susanna's Roo games or Susanna Roo, whatever the developer that did... Um, Thieves in Time, I think was the fourth one. Please make a new Sly Cooper for the PS5. <laughs> Side note. Anyways, Ghost of Tsushima, highly anticipated. Can't wait for a stealth ninja action game. Looks phenomenal. Yeah. No, it, it looks like a good time. Um, I'll probably wait for this one to see how you like it, if it's worth buying. Because you're really excited for this one. Yeah. I still have to beat the last ninja game I got. Uh, Sekiro, Neo. Sekiro. Really both. And yeah. now the second one. So... Once you say you like it a lot, because it does look beautiful. It'll end up being like a Jedi Fallen Order scenario where it's like, hey, just for the podcast purposes, why don't you hop over here for uh, play a bit. for 30 like, minutes, oh, shit. All right. nine hours later. Maybe we shouldn't record, and maybe yeah. we should buy this. Yeah. Yeah, probably. So my next one we've already talked about is Halo Infinite. Nice. We're both really excited. Um, it's Halo. It's great. Master Chief is a beast. And more of that, more co-op. More grunts. More pistol action. More grunting. Yes. I'm all for it. I'm more grunt killing. Ah, uh, okay. Little grunts. Either or. Yeah. Yeah. Making all the crazy noises. Some more flaming hot Cheetos and Red Bull. Mm, plasma grenades. Let's go. <laughs> yeah, no, it, it'll be a good time. My number two is Ryan's number one, because I can see through his mind, Elden Ring. Fuck. Does that come out? I didn't even know that comes out this year. It's being pitched as coming out in 2020. It's not even on my list. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, my telepathy. You'd be surprised on my last game. Yeah, I uh, I apparently cannot read Ryan very well. Elden Ring is my number two because, well, a from soft game set in the Game of Thrones universe. What's June, not to love? June twenty twenty. That's probably a very light. That's what Google says, and Google's never wrong. <laughs> yeah. That's probably a very light penciled in. I wouldn't imagine if that game eventually gets pushed. It's pretty hard pencils because it's in text. All right. Well, if that's the case, I'm well, all aboard. What do I have to clear out? All aboard for that train. Um, Shit. Okay. So Last of Us is April or May. And then we got June. With Elden Ring. All right. And then I can play this so much through the summer. Yeah. Our pockets are going to be hurting this year. But... Yeah, so, I, I hope that's true. That's amazing. Yeah, so I mean, when Thanks you have... The, you've made my day, bro. Fist bump. <laughs> oh, yeah. If you have a game like... Or you have minds like Miyazaki and George R. R. Martin in the same uh, room crafting and creating a, a video game world that borrows from both Game of Thrones and the the games of like Bloodborne, Dark Souls, Demon Souls, and Sekiro, Shadows Die Twice... Sign me up. Day one. The minute those that game is on for pre-order, I'm there. Yeah. No, it's... I'm curious on the twist that they're going to take. Because, I mean, you got Bloodborne, which is more of a fast-paced. It You get... Not complimented. It encourages you to go back and attack. 
Dark Souls is more hide behind the shield. Sekiro is all about parrying and that, I guess, the dancing of battle. I'm curious how this one's going to be done. I hope they strike a nice balance between all those gameplay systems. And I think just because of the flack that Sekiro got, even though it was reviewed incredibly well, the people that were able to get invested and figure out that parry system loved it. I think Miyazaki doesn't have his blinders on. I think he knows that it also divided a lot of his fan base Mm -hmm. because they weren't ready for that significant of a challenge. So my guess is there's still going to be some of that to cater to the Sekiro crowd, but probably a greater emphasis on the old Soulsborne stuff. Well, I like it. I think Sony came to Miyazaki for Bloodborne and was like, "If I'll, I'll give you all the resources you need if you can get me like a 90 mm-hmm. game. And I think it's 92. And I think Activision was the same way for Sekiro. Like, get me a... I mean, they got him a game of the year. But mm-hmm. this, from their track record being what it is, it's going to be amazing. I have a video that I'm going to send to you after. It's via Vidya is the YouTuber. He does all of like the lore videos for all the Soulsborne and Sekiro games. But at, before each... Well, he, for Sekiro, he did this too. And he did one for Elden Ring. He basically does an art contest to everyone who listens to his channel. So he has hundreds of and thousands of submissions. And they basically say, design a boss for this game. Oh, and it goes in, And you have artists who do an incredible <clears throat> job basically list out the lore their moves and like in all their own art styles and show how it would fit into this more nordic style universe interesting so if you're an artistic person and you give any shits about FromSoft or this game at all it's really just a cool way to look at bosses mm-hmm. go check out that video it's amazing okay yeah. good stuff yeah i'll show you after this awesome well that's my number two man nice and then i know you're number one yeah we already talked about it the next one, or my last one on my list, is Tales of Arise. Excellent choice. Yeah. Um, I started Tales of Vesperia. It's, I think I got 20 or 30 hours in. Um, it's a definitely an aged game. It's, it was a fun RPG. I was just grinding out, and then I think I got distracted by whatever new release. Um, this is another one of those JRPGs kind of... I'm assuming follows the same style, but it looks like a beautiful game. I yeah, Namco, ba- Namco Bandai has always created really, really nice-looking games in the Tales of series. While I haven't kept with the series through the PS3 generation, and even some of the ones on PS4, I think it's safe to say that a lot of the fan base has not necessarily fallen off, but they've lost faith in each subsequent entry just because they haven't been to the pedigree of something like Vesperia. Like, Vesperia is, like held on the pedestal of one of the best Tales of games next to, like, Symphony on the GameCube and stuff like that. Yeah. I mean, given it being remastered for current-generation consoles, a lot of people didn't think that was even possible, so when the announcement came through, it was like, holy crap, like, they're actually listening to the fans. They recognize that this made a significant amount of money for them, and so I bought it on PS4, you bought it on PS4, Lauren saw it on sale over winter break for Switch, so she actually bought the definitive version for Switch. So what we're hoping to do, um, eight years ago, I think, almost like to the day probably, Zach, Chronolink91, and myself did a discussion talking about our playthrough of Tales of Vesperia. Mm-hmm. So we'd like to, eight years later now, play through the game together and then have a podcast discussion and even get Lauren's feedback into it as to her thoughts on the game. Nice. All of that to say, to your point about Tales of Arise, 
a lot of people saw this trailer and even some of the gameplay and are saying this seems like a return to form for the Tales of series. Yeah, hopefully that's the case and hopefully it's well received. Um, it looks like a definite, a definite increase in the graphics and I mean using this new generation because I've only played Arise for <laughs> uh, Vesperia, which is just a remaster of an old game. So yeah, I'm excited for this one. Uh, there's definitely a lot of games to play this year. A lot. I mean, that's that's just new games, right? And that's not even taking into account the backlog we already have. Yeah, no kidding. Which I have quite a bit. Ryan, I have a question for you. Sure. So next week, we don't really have a topic in mind. What do you say we just catch up next week on the games we've been playing recently over the past like month or so? Just kind of like a month in review of games we've played, maybe movies we've watched. We can talk about The Mandalorian. Just more of a casual laid-back episode. Okay. And then maybe in a couple weeks, we'll come back with like games of the decade type stuff. Yeah. Does that sound good to you? Yeah, I'm good right. for that. I'm good to call it here. We're already at two hours. I literally played like five or six games over the course of the past couple weeks, and um, we could easily be here for another hour. Yeah. And I'm getting pretty tired. Me too. I haven't eaten today, so I'm craving some food. Okay. So. Me yeah. too. Well, we can call it here. Everyone, we very much appreciate you. As we said earlier in the show, everything that went down, we're not going to get into it anymore, but we hope you take that to heart. And we are so excited to bring you more of Otaku Brothers in 2020. Ryan have a laundry. Ryan and I have a laundry list of ideas for the show. We really want to put an emphasis on getting guests on this this year. Um, whether it's people like Chronolink91, Zach, Logan, whoever. We want to get more people onto this show because we want to have more of the community voice heard. Yeah, that's what this show is all about. And so, thank you so much for listening to this podcast. Episode 69, actually, Ryan. Oh, yeah. What's up? We'll be back for episode 70. More casual games we've been playing recently, movies we recently watched. We've got a lot of good stuff to talk about. Yeah, yeah, we do. All right. Well, everyone, have a good week. Ryan, any closing words for the the listeners? Yeah, just have a good week. We will uh, see you next week. And if you want to write in to the Discord or uh, Rusty's new polls and things. Yep, I'll have a poll on Monday after I upload this episode. And we'll figure out when the date should close that so we can review it. That's right. The actual <laughs> We'll results. improve on week two. Yes, absolutely. So, yeah, have a good week. Later. Later.